Run it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Run It Up Podcast here on the Rise Network. I'm your host, Najee Adams. We are back with the guys, Khalil, Justice. Say what's up, y'all. How we good? doing? Boom, boom, boom. This is two weeks straight. Well, low-key three weeks straight for us. Y'all just hearing this is the second straight week, so I'm giving us a pat on the fucking back because I know that I'm not consistent with this, but we finna be consistent this time. <laughs> so welcome back. For the second straight week to run it up podcast. Today we are talking fantasy football stuff. The season starts in less than a week. No, it's Wednesday. No, it's Thursday. No, it's Wednesday, right? They play Wednesday? No, nah, they play Thursday. So, but what day is it right now? It's Wednesday right now. So yeah, the season Wednesday. starts in a little bit over a week. Next Thursday is when the Bills and the Rams have the NFL kickoff. Could be a little Super Bowl preview. Who knows? But um, yeah, so. Uh. Fantasy football drafts are, if you haven't done your draft already, then you either doing it this weekend or sometime ne- early next week. So we're going to talk our breakouts and busts at each position. Uh, and next week, I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to get into more fantasy football stuff. So uh, before we get into things, make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast everywhere that you listen, download it everywhere that you listen, tell your family, tell your friends, follow the pod at run it up pod, follow me at Najee Adams underscore, leave that rating and review, follow my guy Khalil at Balil, that's Khalil with the B and the H 44 on Twitter and uh, justice is at justice read too. You feel me? So y'all go ahead and, and, and follow my guys, follow me. So before we get into stuff, you already know, we got to start with song of the week. Uh, I started last week and Justice started the week before that, that y'all didn't hear. So Khalil started up, my boy. I'm going to go ahead. We talked about R&B before we started this pot. This pot. So I'm going to go with Adele. She uh, did a little R&B on her last album. The song's called All Night Parking. It's a little short song, but it, it's probably my favorite song in that album. All Night Parking by Adele. Adele, I have heard of Adele before. So we... Uh, uh, <laughs> I have not heard the song, though, so y'all finna listen to that. I'm finna hear it for the first time, too, when I'm editing this, so we finna listen to that right now. Maybe it's the way you remind me of where I come from Or how you make me feel beautiful And then some The sight of you is dramatic One glimpse and I panic all right we back we back i hope y'all enjoyed that justice go ahead and run it up what, what's the what's, what's your song from one of the the 10 best rappers in the world mm-hmm. uh <laughs> mr jid himself who just released his album the name of the song is brother name by jid and Lil dirt but um i know everyone been hyping up that jid album i have not listened to a single minute of that so uh Keeping up, hear that together right now.
right, we back, we back, we back. And so I'm gonna end it out. My song of the week, best for last, you feel me? Uh, mine is by Lil TJ, you know, the little New York artist. It's called Beat the Odds. Uh, it just came out, you know, my son. He got shot seven times. He's still living. Dropped the song. It's a must listen. So uh, we finna hit that right now. If FanDuel was to post the betting odds for Naj's song of the week artist, Lil T would be the favorite. Lil DJ and Rod Wave would be be negative 2,000 every week. Uh, But yeah, we back, we back, we back. So we can just go on ahead and dive into it. Breakouts, bus, fantasy football. Um, I guess y'all can start it. We'll start at QB. Obviously, that's just how these kind of things go. Uh, now we also, once again, do not know who each other have picked. So I'm 1000% sure that we're going to have the same guys for some of these, but that's okay. Because I feel like the entire fantasy football community by this point has like a consensus breakout list, a consensus bust list. So uh, we're just here to add our two cents. Uh, so who y'all, Justice, who you got at as your first breakout quarterback? Um, and my first breakout quarterback, and by the way, before we get into this, the thing that Khalil and I talked about on a phone earlier when Naj jumped off the phone call was like the like what breakout and bust is to us. And I, we kind of came to like what we thought was our general idea of it. I can't speak to what Naj thinks. But breakout just means you're exceeding the expectation people have set for you going into the season, and bust means you have just not reached that expectation. So I think you can still be good and just not reach what people think you'll be, mm-hmm. and that still validates you as a bust for the fantasy season. Like people are usually – like if you're not reaching your ADP value to me, then you're a bust. Like that's so, what I was about to say. Like, like say, like it's for someone like Saquon, right? Like he's being drafted as a top or top 10 running back, right? But if he finishes as the RB 17, that's still right. like a high-end RB2, but that's just a bust in comparison to what exactly. we're taking you as, you know? So so I took some of that. Um and some of these guys are kind of uh, just expected. So I'm going to start with Trey Lance because I know that's an open conversation we can all have and touch on. Um, maybe some people disagree. Um, but um, I just think I think that if there's one thing that's remained consistent, it's the rushing upside of quarterbacks in fantasy and the guys who are capable of running the ball. And Trey, uh, Jalen Hurts proved last year you don't have to be good at throwing the football to be a good fantasy quarterback. Jalen Hurts was Q, fantasy QB number one through like six weeks last year. Um, and I think for me to, to sit here and say that Trey could have some struggles throwing the ball, sure, but he's still going to be a red zone merchant and get in the end zone. Uh, I just I just think that the upside for Trey is high. Uh, it's almost, to me, unfathomable that he's not a top 12 quarterback, which is what he's being drafted as. So, no, for sure, I'm with you. Uh, Jalen Hurts last year was QB number eight in terms of like total points, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. QB number seven in terms of average points per game. So like he was up there in terms like typically more times than not, whoever you were playing, you had a QB advantage if you had Jalen Hurts on your team. So like, and like you said, he wasn't a good quarterback in terms of like real NFL football, but because he has that rushing floor, he was always going to put up numbers in fantasy. And so like, that's kind of where I am with Trey Lance. He's also one of my breakouts. Uh, he played six games last season, but we really only – and we had like a five – he threw five touchdowns, two picks, but we really only saw him for real, for real, for three games. In those three games, he ran 31 times for 161 yards. That's 10.3 rushes per game. 
<laughs> like that. Now, obviously, if you like extrapolate that across 17 games, he's probably not going to rush 10.3 times per game. But even if we just give him nine and a half, somewhere between that nine and 10 range, that would have been second or third in the league behind either Lamar Jackson at 11.1 or Jalen Hurts. So regardless, he's got top three rushing. I feel like he's top three lock when it comes to quarterbacks in terms of rushing yards, rushing attempts. Uh, he has like elite weapons at their positions, like at important positions, at least wide receiver. Debo Samuel is, I think, widely regarded as top eight, top 10 wide receiver in the league. George sure. Kittle, top five tight end, top six tight end in the league. Most more people, some people think even higher than that, but floor, top five floor in the league. Not even talking fantasy, just like real life skill. Um, and he's also got the emerging player in Brandon Ayuk, who a lot of before last season, everybody had Brandon Ayuk as their breakout player. And then he got in the doghouse, things didn't work out well. But in 49ers camp, he's been apparently like the star of their training camp and everything. So he's made a return on somebody's breakout list today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so boom, like he Trey Lance has elite weapons. Kyle Shanahan's offense also has the highest yards per pass attempt in the league since he took over five years ago. So like With Trey Jimmy Lance. G. With Jimmy G. So Trey Lance. <laughs> and a lot of the times that we've seen Trey Lance, he's not been afraid to air it out. He's had multiple deep ass touchdowns. I can't even remember the guy, like no name guys. So like, is there a, is there a throw in the field that Trey Lance thinks he can't make? Like if he, you know, he's, <laughs> like he's rolling to his list and left as he's Debo running across like fifty yards to the right. He's like, yeah, I got this. He's airing it out. Plus with Debo, when you give it to Debo, he's making a five yard gain and turning it into a sixty yard touchdown. Like he's yeah. that type of wide receiver. You feel me? And so, dude, there was a stat that somebody said. I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to. Jimmy G's like top five in yards per attempt just because of what the players around him were doing after the catch yeah he's he's been like crazy. top five in like yards per attempt for the last like three seasons which, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy yeah. for a player that doesn't throw outside the numbers you know just over the no. middle you know not down the field like that like crazy at an efficient rate yeah he he definitely has playmakers I, that can run after the catch and i think Debo samuel led the league in yards per reception last season which was at like an insane number it was like 18 point something which should definitely regress but even if it regresses down to 16 15 that's still an insanely high number and so yeah i just don't see how like i there's no realm in which i see trey lance doesn't finish as a top 12 qb like i think that's his floor you know like 12 is his floor Wait, like the upside is crazy though. Like if he can put it together in the passing game and then adds 800, 900 yards rushing, he rushed for 161 in three games. He can add like 800 yards rushing. He could be a top three QB, maybe QB one. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, the upside's crazy. You got Kyle Shanahan who, you know, can de design those run concepts, of course, uh, still has some uh, ability in a passing game, just being one of the best offensive minds in the league. Uh, think about what he did back with uh, RG3 uh, in Washington. You know, you think about like that, you think about Trey Lance in that kind of way, the ability he has, he can make throws. He can make all the throws, maybe not at a consistent level, but I think he can make all the throws, maybe needing to add a little bit more clubs to his bag with like touches and stuff. But the, the running upside is just insane. And what he can do being uh, under Kyle Shanahan, having the weapons around. I know there's some questions in the backfield. They just released Trey Sermon, uh, which is, can be granted, whatever you want to say about that. And then Elijah Mitchell being injury prone. I think there are questions in the, in the backfield, giving Trey Lance more opportunity to produce along with his other weapons like Depot and, and Brandon Ayuk as well. So there, there we go. You sounding like a Trey Lance lover when I know that you're not. So, <laughs> so Khalil, I don't hate him. I don't hate him, by the way. I don't hate him. 
Oh, oh, we know. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tell me you're a QB breakout, bro. So I'm a I'm gonna stay a little safe with this pick. I, I just let you know the next the next pick might not be as safe. Uh, <laughs> but this pick is gonna be Trevor Lawrence with my QB breakout. I think he's looked amazing during the preseason. I think he's worked a lot on his mechanics, a lot on his feet, and just how he throws in the pocket. He's been more consistent that way. Uh, they've been some added weapons, a new coaching staff, of course, which is gonna be huge for him. Because that coaching staff, that team was just in a complete disarray last year. It was ugly, ugly. Uh, but Travis uh, Etienne coming back, you know, Christian Kirk's there, Evan Ingram, whatever you think about him, I think he has potential to be a really good tight end for them, a really good option for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, somewhat of an improved offensive offensive line. Doug Peterson being a really good offensive coach. Um, you you know, the season that Carson Wentz had, his best season was still under Doug Peterson when things weren't a little toxic, especially after they drafted Jalen Hurts with him still on the roster. But I think there's a lot of tre uh, Trevor Lawrence upside. I think they're going to put the, put the ball in his hands, give him a lot of opportunity. And he can also... I don't know how they're going to use him in the running game, but he has the potential to be used in the running game and, and break off some long runs as well. Okay, he's definitely an underrated runner. Like he's not afraid to take off. You know, yeah. like he he will run for it. He's so, he's a really good athlete for sure. And so I like I like Trevor Lawrence. He's not on my breakout list, but I do think that. And so like my head automatic like I'm in the dynasty realm, and like he's one of those quarterbacks that I would love to lock in on. Like I think he's going to be good for a long time. Like we're going to look back at him and look at that first season and think it was an outlier is what I kind of think, just because of all the shit he had going around him, Urban Meyer, that absolutely horrible coaching staff. So yeah, I'm, I'm locked in with Trevor Lawrence too. I, I like to pick. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and touch on Trevor real quick if you don't care. Just because he made my list. All right, I was uh, just about to say, we going in yeah. a perfect little circle. Yeah, ahead, so Tre Trevor was on my list. And the, the reason Trevor made my list for the most part was right now on Fantasy Pros, they have him going uh, at QB 18. Uh, with, and the two guys in front of him are Justin Fields, who I just don't see around that that team is good enough for Justin Fields to finish ahead of him in fantasy. Oh, that's crazy because and he's then, on my list. And then after that, it's and after that, it's to a tongue of Viola, 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 and uh, and I, I just I think that I like Trevor more than both of those guys. Uh, and just to touch on what Khalil said, I mean, I for one hated Trevor Lawrence coming out of college just because I'm such a big Justin Fields fan. Uh, so what I'm saying about Justin Fields is no knock on who Justin Fields is. It is purely on how bad the Bears are, who I think will maybe win four games this year or less. I would never bet the over on that. I don't know what their line is at, but I bet it's at four and a half or somewhere in that realm. Um, I just think that, that the player Trevor is, and like Khalil touched on in preseason, he's looked so crispy, bro. And then he finger wagged that little corner, and I was like, yeah, you got it, bro. <laughs> so, um, I'd, and a lot of this stuff is gut feeling for me. It's not like – because when you're predicting a breakout, you don't have any statistical evidence to be like, this is why they'll break out. This is yeah, just yeah, a guy yeah. you feel like you have this absurd confidence in for whatever reason. And the gut feeling tells me that Trevor will probably finish QB 14, 15, somewhere in that range, which I, exceeds expectations. Um, and if he's going to boom, I think he could finish anywhere in the top 10. Like, seriously, I think he could be that good. So All right, so let me, so let me ask you. I'm looking at underdog ADP right here over the last week. And so – Trevor Lawrence over the last week is going as the QB 18 off the board, right? And so right. I'm going to give you the players going ahead of him. You tell me who you'd rather have. Okay. Trevor Lawrence or Tua? Trevor. What Trevor. about you? All right. All right. <laughs> Trevor or Justin Fields? Trevor. Trevor, Trevor or Kirk Cousins? Kirk. 
for fantasy, Kirk. Yeah. That, it's one of the best offenses in football. That's close, but it's Kirk. That's okay. close for me. Okay. Uh, and then, obviously, we get into, like, the – all right. Trevor Lawrence or Derek Carr? Uh, I think Derek Carr. Carr. Okay. That team is a very underrated offense as well. Then we get into, like, the obvious guys. So, like, the last I think I think Trevor and Stafford could be close. Okay. Because Matt Stafford is the – QB 12. So he's right there. He's the last quarterback one. So I, I think I think Trevor could squeak into that 13-12 range. I don't think he's going to explode past that. He'd have to do something super crazy with a super Brown. like just Trevor Lawrence or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think the Kirk Cousins, by the way, is super close. Like I'm, I'm telling you, it's so close. I don't I just think. I really don't. I just believe Trevor Lawrence is, you know, dynamic enough to get into that conversation. I know the offense is upsides there for uh, Kirk Cousins being that new system. Um, I just still want to see how that looks. But I think Trevor Lawrence can really, you know, make that gap a little closer. Is it so crazy to think that Trevor Lawrence finishes above Aaron Rodgers? Like, it's not crazy. When you look at their receiving options, right? So, like, Christian Kirk is better than any wide receiver the Packers have. He's better than Sammy Watkins. He's better than Christian Watkins. He's better than or Christian Watson. Well, some of those He's guys are to be determined. Better yeah. than Romeo Dobbs, Evan Ingram, Robert Tunyans. Robert Tunyans smokes Evan Ingram, and then obviously he has Aaron Jones. Does he smoke Tr- Evan Ingram? Because Evan Ingram's had a top five tight end finish before. So he has, but he just had a tough, tough time catching the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying. I'm saying he's actually he's done it before though. So I'm saying maybe it's not like a loss. Maybe a new. The change of scenery is good for him in a sense and his confidence and a team. You would think so. So I, I'm, I'm on the Evan Ingram thing. Travis Etienne yeah. gets busy in the, in the receiving game. So, like, do yeah, I think – he don't get busy like Aaron Jones. And it, No, he doesn't. If I had to put money on it, like gun in my head, who finishes uh, higher, Aaron Jones, I mean, Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence, I'd say Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's a debate. Like, no, I it's don't within think, realm. Yeah, I don't think it's think crazy. The, but I, the way they're going to be think... playing offense, I think it's it's not going to be geared to fantasy necessarily. Not every week. Like, the way mm-hmm. they're going to play playing offense, going through the running backs, and we just don't have a proven receiver yet and see what that looks like. Offensive line has have some questions as well. You know who I don't think it's a debate for? Who? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins who is the third person on my list? Um, <laughs> oh, you have Kirk Cousins on your list? Yeah, well, I've got Kirk. Well, what a well, hold on. Let me. Let me. No, nah, fuck that. Let me get my shit off. So I got. <laughs> I got Justin Fields because we talked. I about gave him. you a good transition, and you just took I, it away from damn me. Damn right, I did. I got Justin Fields as my breakout QB. Uh. I feel like, I, like with Justin Fields, when you look at him, I feel like he's a big character guy, you know? Like one of those guys that refuses to fail. He comes in every day to work. He does his job. His teammates love him. He looked really, really good in the preseason. And granted, he's playing against second and third, third string guys. I'll give that to you. But for a lot of those first drives where teams are putting out their first team defenses, I think he looked pretty good. He was making throws he wasn't making last season. Yep. He's he has control of the offense. He looks like an improved passer. Last season, he's good. And he's, he's good. got he's <laughs> he's got the the rushing upside that we just talked about with Jalen Hurst that we talked about with, with with Trey Lance. He was seventh amongst QBs and carries last game, and that was in shitty Matt Nagy's offense that didn't really want to use him as a rusher. So, like, even for as bad as he was as a passer, he showed flashes. He was seventh amongst all QBs in red zone accuracy, number two in air yards per attempt. He was airing that bitch oh, out. 
You remember? Oh, he was throwing that up. And when you oh, look at Oh, we're starting the Bears franchise immediately. I told I you to do it a long time ago, bro. In yeah, my Madden franchise right now, Justin Fields is my QB. And so, obviously, I'm pumped. I don't care. When you play with a player in Madden, you be feeling them. You do. It, it, it does something to you. You couldn't so, tell me John Ross wasn't the truth. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. It's like a monster in 2K12. Like he's the <laughs> next. He's next up. Right? He's next up. And so that's how I feel about Justin Fields, bro. I feel like he could have a big breakout, and I really like Darnell Booney. I just traded for him in our dynasty league. Crazy, so. crazy. Tell him yeah. the trade, man. Tell him the trade, please. So I was sitting down in my room preparing for this podcast. I was about to kind go. Of. I was about to go into the bathroom and do my thing, and then I get <laughs> I get a notification. <laughs> on sleeper that says t frank 31 or some shit like that has requested a trade and i'm like Dang. i wasn't even finna look at it but then i was like you know what i would be a bad owner if i didn't look at it you know like well i don't want to be an inactive owner you know story <laughs> storytelling so, right now so i was like you know what let me go and take a look at it and i to my surprise i see darnell mooney and a second for Gabriel Davis, straight up. And so I was like, you know what? I like Gabe Davis. And I'm rebuilding in that league, right? I just traded Debo. I'm, I'm low-key rebuilding. I traded Debo for three first to that man right there. And so I'm, I'm low-key rebuilding. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm, I'm cool picking up the pick. Now, in my head, right? Like, Gabriel Davis, obviously, is a lot of people's breakout picks. Him and Josh Allen, they're in sync. But he's the wide receiver, too, on that team by a fairly large margin, I'd say. Like, it's not like he has a rookie in front of him. It's not like it's Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, like, where he could be a, a who knows. No, it's Stephon Diggs. They paid that man bread. That man. That man. Josh oh. Allen is going to get him the ball. He is the cemented wide receiver, two on that team. Darnell Mooney is the cemented wide receiver one on the Bears. By, by a wide margin. It's not so, even close. And although Josh Allen is miles better than Justin Fields, I would still, pure now, volume alone, I would still rather have Darnell Mooney than Gabe Davis. And even if Gabe Davis breaks out, has a 1,000 touchdowns, I mean, has, nope, not a 1,000, has a 1,000 yards, eight to nine, that would be crazy, has a 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, somewhere around that range. I still like Darnell Mooney to have at least that. You know, like, I feel like they're like Darnell Mooney's floor and Gabe Davis's ceiling are somewhere around the same. So even if they end as the same around that same range, I'm gladly picking up that second round pick. I feel like I came out of that trade winning. These two immediately texted me like you won. So that obviously makes you feel good about it. <laughs> well, as, as a Darnell Mooney guy who's sent trades for Darnell Mooney, I mean, that were questionable in value. I, I sent Ridley and Damian Harris in a second um, for, for Mooney and it, to an extent, just because I love Mooney so much that when I'm in a dynasty league, sometimes I want the guys that I just really love. And Mooney's, I mean, Khalil will tell you, I've loved Mooney since the second he came in the league. There's just something yeah. about Mooney that that touched my heart and made and, and strummed the strings of it. I um, thought you would have bid more for him, honestly, in the draft, see, man. I went hard for Mooney and Amon Ross, and Amon Ross St. Brown. And that's why Frank, whenever he nicknamed him, said Justice's guy part one. Bro, he drove up the price just to trade him away for Gabe Davis. <laughs> Yeah, so like I'm just I I'm not gonna fall in and my name in that league is bid you up. I'm people aren't gonna bid me up and, and play with my heart and get me to take people. So it's just not gonna happen to me. I refuse to be taken advantage of because that's that's wrong and inconsiderate. 
It's um, wrong. <laughs> so it's wrong and inconsiderate. So when, when that trade went down, I, I texted Frank and told him to answer the phone immediately because he didn't answer when I called him. He finally called me back. And I was like, wait, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? Yeah, you told I, us he was good. No, Frank is good at fantasy. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from Frank. If his, if his idea is that's a bench – he said my idea is that's a bench receiver. He said who may have played – may have started three or four times for me this year. Just in tough situations. He was like, I had, I had to – I could take a chance and be fine. That's what he told me. A lot of upside but, but, for Gabe Davis. A lot of upside, though. But is the upside for Gabe Davis that much higher than the upside for No, Jordan because and that's, what I, and that's what I said, because Mooney's a wide receiver one. And I was like, you traded a wide receiver one for a wide receiver two. And he was like, yeah, but I traded it for, for a guy in a top three offense with a top three quarterback. So it's like that's, so it, And that's the upside right there. That's, and that, the upside, that's what yeah. could put him over Mooney for, I yeah. don't know, like a, a couple of seasons, however the, the Bears develop in the future, the, the team. But like for like a couple of seasons, like Gabe Davis is probably up there. And they have Isaiah McKenzie and what Jameson Crowder, right? But there, but there's Knox. a chance. There's a real chance. And I told him this. I think there's a real chance Isaiah McKenzie could end up by numbers being the wide receiver two on that team. I think it could be from week to week for real. Like it could be a week to week basis. So like the only thing that's consistent be... is Diggs is going to get 13 targets. That's it, right? <laughs> that's it. Everybody else, you're. It is week to week. Ask Gabe Davis, who has never averaged more than seven fantasy points, and also really just blew up at the end of last year and that's why he got this hype going into this because he had a crazy playoff game and some good performances to end the season but for people to think that that's just the norm for gabriel davis is and he's he is on my bus <laughs> spoiler he was on my bus and so i get to talk about it i'm just i'm beyond this gabriel davis talk it's almost sickening to me like i'm right. tired of hearing about he looks it. the part though i'll be honest with you he looks the part. yeah he we'll looks the part. Is. like six two two twenty man like he's and him and Josh Allen clearly have a connection. Yeah. <laughs> if if you could pick between Mooney and Gabe Davis, you would pick Mooney. I would. Yeah. I know you just did, but uh, you would you would pick Mooney. As soon as I saw the, I processed the trade for him. I went straight to our group message. I was like, "Good job, Naj. Like you, like you won. Yeah. It. Like good job. Yeah. Congrats. Appreciate that. And so the reason I've been quiet is because in my dynasty league, a that drafts in forty eight hours, a key trade has just been made. And it wasn't by me. It's by our commissioner, shout out Spencer. Uh, and he is the type of commissioner that like doesn't let you live it down. Like you don't want him to win. You feel me? Because like he won't let you rock. It's like in a dynasty league, that, that a startup dynasty league. So he traded the 410, the 610, the 703, his first and two seconds for the one nine. Oh, no, he didn't trade his first. He traded his 2023 first. So he kept his first and got, which is the 106, and got the 109, the 604, and the 804. So now in a dynasty startup league, he now has the 106 and the 109, which is insane. Like, he's going to get Jonathan Taylor and Kyler Murray. And then every, like, his team is just going to be so much more better than everyone else. I don't know why this kid, whoever this kid is that we added, he was like a new, like, I've never met him before. So, like, he had no one to input the trade with. He just went off the dome, which is clearly a mistake. So, I know he's about to be a lick for the whole season. So, but I'm just pissed because now Spencer's going to have a God squad. And our entire chat is blowing him up right now, which I love. But that's just insane. And now I'm pissed because I'm tight. So whatever. <laughs> what, what, who gives a fuck? Uh, so now back to quarterback breakouts. Justice, you can talk about your man, Kirk Cousins. 
Oh, I'm so happy to do this. Uh, one, I, in, our, in a Twitter group message I'm in, which Khalil hears stories about all the time, uh, it's just a bunch of guys who are friends, but, like, I'm not actually their friend. I'm just a friend of one of the guys in there, and they talk sports, and they threw me in the group message, and now we chat from time to time. I'm usually – it's usually one on nine in that group message, me and then everybody else. Uh, sometimes I get a little support from my mans. Um, but uh, they were just talking about how Kirk Cousins sucks and he's terrible. And I was like, well, by statistically, almost every stat imaginable, Kirk Cousins has been a top seven quarterback for the last five years, basically. Uh, whatever advanced stat you want to bring, it doesn't matter. Kirk passes, passes those tests. Uh, and this year, with a revamped coaching staff and a new system and the weapons that are around him, uh, we've talked about uh, K.J. Osborne and how good we think he is. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, did we? Or did we just talk about it? I think we brought it up a little bit. We brought it up, bit. yeah. Yeah, but K.J. Osborne is actually really good. We know Diggs. We know Thielen. We know Dalvin Cook. We know Alexander Mattinson is really good. And Kirk's been good, and I don't I don't see a way that Aaron Rodgers and Stafford finish ahead of Kirk Cousins this year. So, to me, I think I think Kirk Cousins and, – and the crazy thing is in our QB rankings, I had Rodgers at 12, which is way before rankings started coming out that we did that episode. And I think you guys will still have him top seven. Here we are. I thought I was hot taken and I'm not. I'm just playing. I just played the field. But and if I had to go back and do it, I would move Kirk into that spot. Wow. I I, I don't hear many people say Kirk is top 12. Really? I don't. And and in the underdog ADP, he's 15. So he's 14 on fantasy pros, QB rankings. So I don't hear I don't hear a lot of people saying he's top 12, but it makes sense. Like if you believe that Justin Jefferson is going to have an offensive player of the year caliber season, then Kirk Cousins is going to be top 12. On a team that was run first, Justin Jefferson has the most receiving yards ever through two years. And now he's got a, a coach that is willing to throw the ball on early downs. He's got the most since he's came in the league, I think. Yeah, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got the most yards in the league since he came in. There is, yeah. it is, It's literally not be, beyond like imagination that Justin Jefferson could approach 2,000 receiving yards this year, and I'm not even kidding. And so if he's – and like – He's the, I think he's the second or third favorite player to win offensive player of the year on FanDuel. So if he's winning offensive player of the year, Kirk Cousins is a lock for top 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that's yeah. just, there's no way that those two things don't correlate. So I, I even think the improved defense adds to that. You know, like if you yeah. have a bad, if you have a bad defense, you're going to do more ball control. You're going to run the ball more. So I think getting people back healthy, I think they add in the secondary as well. Like getting people back healthy and then having a really good defense will add just to that offense and, you know, try more things, passing the ball a little bit more, putting the ball in your playmaker's hands. Plus with a good defense, like they're getting teams off the field quicker, which is giving them more opportunity to score. You feel me? Right. So like if their defense stops a team rather than letting them go on a 80 yard touchdown drive, they stop them two drives deep they get the ball back with significantly more time than they would have otherwise, you yeah. know? So like See, it's just way more opportunity for scoring. As time goes on, I'm literally getting lower on Stafford and Rodgers than I was when we did our rankings. And we talked about that when we did the rankings, like this could change right before the season. Mm -hmm. And the way I feel about it is I, Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, I would take both of their spots because I really think I like their weaponry more. And I, I like the situations they're in a little bit more. I mean, that maybe not for Stafford, but it's a good team. We know that, mm -hmm. but you know, that their running game is inconsistent. We don't know what Cam Akers is going to look like, who's ranked as like the RB23, which I think is kind of crazy because we literally have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and I think if you compare their weapons, Derek Carr with Adams, Waller, Renfro, like the top three, I just I like that more than what Rodgers and Stafford are playing with. No, I, I mean, I definitely I had I 
I was never really that high on Kirk Cousins, but like now that you've made me think about it, I'm like, yeah, like I could, there's a thousand percent realm where he finishes above Aaron Rodgers. I think Matt Stafford might be a bit wild. Cause I don't I think, think so, man. Wait, Cooper Cup, like in, in the way well, that yeah, you've I got think, Cup at wide receiver yeah, one. You feel so me? I, like, yeah, I get that. The way that I think Cooper Cup is gonna continue to produce, I don't think he's gonna do what he was doing last year, but like continue to produce at a wide receiver one level and then adding Allen Robinson to just put up more points. Van Jefferson is a above average wide receiver three. So like I think Matthew Stafford is, is good for at least top 12, but I could definitely see him finishing above Aaron Rodgers. On a worse offensive what, line, though, than it was last year. That's true. That's true. And a worse and, defense, and they have Cam Makers back, so maybe they run more, you know, instead of having Daryl. Yes, yeah, so I, I think it could be very different for that team. I, I'm not very different. I mean, obviously, there's going to be the similarities. It's the same coaching staff and mostly the same weaponry. I just think that Odell helped. I think Odell helped Cooper Cup more than we realize. Like towards the end of the season, well, like, he was getting Odell. double. Teams was doubling. That's fair. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And Odell is and Odell is a different type of receiver than either of those two guys are. Like how dynamic Odell is after the catch or even just downfield is something that Allen Robinson's really not. Yeah. Say, say um, what you Allen want about Odell. Bro, teams yeah. still feared him. Defense is yeah. feared that man. The he's attention he commands. Yes. Pe- I don't care what anybody like says. The last thing you want to see, the last thing you want to see as an opposing coach is Odell scoring because he's an asshole. And That's what I'm saying. Even, a, even in that game versus the Packers, that, that game where he came back and scored that, like, 50-yard touchdown, that – Twitter was going crazy. Teams, he like split a double. Like he was getting doubled with Cooper Cup on the other side. Like, he was like about to win Super Bowl MVP before he got hurt. He Odell was, is he nasty. was in line to win. Super Bowl Y'all can say whatever you want about Odell and his injuries and whatever. Odell is nasty, and I think that Odell is still at this point miles better and, and miles more dynamic and a bigger impact on the offense than Allen Robinson is. So I think that this offense looks a little different without Odell, and I don't think that they're prepared for that. They're gonna need like some some guys like uh they got a, like a two two Atwell like someone's gonna have to step up in that offense. Van Jefferson's not as healthy as you'd like for him to be for being number three. Like someone is gonna have to step up, uh, add some you know dynamic yeah. to that offense, add some speed, something, man. If somehow Odell's healthy by week twelve or something and they bring him back, then like it's probably it's probably up from that point. Like I'll probably just be like, yeah, okay, you win. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's what it is. For sure. But until that point, I just think that the outlook for that team and for Cooper Cup is a little different without Odell and what he brought to that offense. So No, I respect uh, that. And that's is, why I'm as lower on Stafford than I could be on Cousins. Is that all of our breakouts for QB? I think I have one more for real. Oh, do I your think. thing. Go ahead. Go crazy. <laughs> Yo, y'all might really hate this one. Uh, and this is going off a of feeling. I'm not really a fan of this QB per se at all, really. Um, I don't think he is – dang, I'm really downplaying the pick right now. I'm just going to make the pick. My breakout quarterback, my second one, is going to be Tua. That is my second breakout quarterback. Hey, I like I, some Tua. I'm not a big Tua guy, but I'm a believer in that offense. I'm a believer in the weapons around him. and Someone has to get them that ball, and I believe he can. I think the offense is going to be geared around what he's really good at, getting the ball out quick, a lot of rollouts that way, uh, still some short passes, some deep passes here and there. But I think Tua is – oh, man, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But I think that offense is really good geared for him, and it's going to be good for him just to, you know, really suit what he's good at. So Tua is that guy. The, with the weaponry, it makes sense to feel that way. And I can't – if Tua, yeah. Tua ends up better than he's getting picked at, 
uh, da, 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 QB 16 for preseason yeah. rankings. If he ends up better than that, would I be shocked? No, because Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are amazing football players. There's a lot around. You got Cedric Wilson. You got uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, Chase like Edmonds. However you feel about him, Chase Edmonds. If Raheem Mostert's there healthy as well, like, yeah. like there's a lot around him. Improved offensive line, a really good defense. Again, new play calling. Like Tua they're has just, everything in front of him. There are just things that Tua lacks that, that are well-documented. Um, for sure i don't care how many times you all show me to a throwing the ball that 150 yard ball at a tyree kill i tweeted that out on fanboy that <laughs> shit went crazy yeah, of course you did so listen <laughs> and i get it i don't care how many times you show me that and then i saw a clip the other day of the guy was like what i'm worried about is Tua being able to throw outside of the numbers and make those difficult throws from sideline to sideline and that's not something Tua has and for and if you watch that clip i mean he literally lollipopped that ball over there the fact the receiver caught it and nobody else was there is just a testament to how open that receiver was because like Tua really doesn't have the arm strength to do that. And you talked about rolling out and I do think Tua is better like that, but he's also, I don't know if it's the hip or what in college, he was a little bit more mobile than he is now and more right. willing to get around and more willing to kind of sit in the pocket and, and, and move and then try to get out and do something. And I just don't think he either it's the hip I just don't think he's, he can do that anymore. I don't think the two he's, he is anymore. What, what is he two years removed from that hip injury? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you're thinking it's a little bit better and there's some improvement there. Probably still going to hold it back, you know, pr- really forever. Um, but I think there's still maybe going to be some improvement there. But I don't think he's yeah. the athlete enough to really make major strides like he did in college that way. So, right, because, so. Of the, because of the weaponry, I see the point. Just yeah, because that, of it, the, it's, yeah. it's, this, it's clear. It's just simply the situation for Tua. It's not uh, It's not always about that. Tua. And I think he has a lot of good qualities, again, getting the ball out quick, nickel and diming just down the field, really having mm-hmm. control of the offense and control of the playbook um, compared to, like, where he was in the beginning. But, like, I think he's that type of quarterback. I don't think he yeah. can, you know, what, you know, take you to the Super Bowl, all that stuff. But the team around him is a perfect situation for him, I think. Um, uh, I think one day he'll be replaced, whatever. But I think the fantasy-wise – the breakout season is very much a potential thing for him. So, so fantasy football, you're you're on the clock and you need a QB. Would you rather have Tua or Justin Fields? What, what are we doing? Dynasty or no? Nah, reg- just regular redraft. A regular. Re- I'm. Yeah, I'm, I might. I don't. I'm, I might take Tua. I'm, I think I, I would take Tua. Tua. Yeah, I know. I, I, sorry. So yeah. Tua, Tua, or Kirk Cousins. Obviously, you would take Kirk Cousins. What about you, Kalu? Yeah, I take Kirk Cousins. All right, Tua or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Justice? Derek Carr. <laughs> Tua or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I asked you Trevor Lawrence or Tua, and you said Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. It's just interesting I got that. when you think about it because the weaponry around Tua uh-huh. that Trevor doesn't have at his dispense, but I would still go to Trevor. Tua or Jameis Winston? For me, Jameis Winston. Really? I think Tua is I just I just don't see it for Tua. What That's about fair. you, Kula? Tua or Jameis Winston? I think I'm leaning towards Tua. I don't want to say that, but I think I'm leaning towards Tua. I just think that I like the same situation. I like Jameis Winston. Um, I, I kind of like the same situation. I just have a lot of question marks about that. Uh, more so uh, just what the weapons will look like. Um, Alvin Kamara being there as well. And just uh, the new team dynamic as far as the coaching staff goes too. I respect that. 
I, I think I might go Tua just off a of pure upside. Like, I feel like we know what we're going to get out of Jameis, whereas, like, Tua could break out. You know, like, he could be top 12. Who knows? But I would say he doesn't have a Sean Payton anymore either. So that I think that's that's gonna take something away. No matter who who's been there learning under Sean Payton, that's gonna take something away. Just like we when you look at the Patriots situation, when they're in a far much worse situation, you know, losing um Josh McDaniels, you know, they replaced that with Matt Patricia and crap, but they don't even have an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like they changed their their whole scheme, they yeah. added defensive guys who are doing offense for the first time. Like it's a bad situation. Okay, so. but you said the thing about Sean Payton and that taking hit, but also he didn't have Chris Olave and Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry. For and and Kamara sure. being and Kamara being healthy would be nice. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that that weaponry yeah. is so much better. And we've seen Jameis the risk taker, and I, I think we only got to see Jameis the controlled Jameis for a very short span last year. So I would I think they Jameis looks great right now. He looks super healthy. Yeah, and he's and he has all the potential in the world. We know that too. Um, Michael Thomas need to see a healthy season from him. Uh, Jarvis Landry has his run of injury history as well. I love Chris Olave. I think he's going to do great no matter what in that offense. So it, it's just a little bit more remains to be seen for me. How has Barstool not offered Jameis Winston a podcast yet? How do we not have a Jameis Winston podcast? We I need. Think, I think he loved a game too much. You we know, know how fire content. that intro would be with just he his loved a game. He loved a game too much to 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 take his attention away off of fucking podcast. When he retired, James Winston gonna have a podcast though for sure. All right, so I mean, we've spent forty five minutes talking about just QB breakouts, so <laughs> we can go on. I said this pod was gonna be 40, 45 minutes max, and we've just covered the first segment. So quarterback, uh, are we splitting episodes right now? Nah, we speed running quarterback <laughs> bust. No, nah, we don't need to be running. I don't. I don't got shit to do. Quarterback busts. Uh, who do y'all have? Is I only have one because I really wasn't like. I feel like bust is hard. Like I don't think any I of agree. the top twelve guys really have that much variance in where they're gonna finish. You know, like like that when you look at someone that's gonna fail their ADP, like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, top four guys. There's no realm in which they don't finish outside of the. I mean, there's no realm in which they finish outside of the top seven at barring injury, right? And then Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. I think Jalen Hurts was eight last year. It, there's only – he's either – his floor is eight in, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. So if you're taking him at four or six, like, you're that's not a bust. So um, that's fine. Kyler Murray, I, I don't think – he's being taken at six – I think there's a little bit of bust potential not having D-Hop. We don't know what it looks like with Marquise Brown being their wide receiver one. Rondale Moore has to take a step. But I think in the grand scheme of things, like there's there's just so much of a gap between like a Kyler Murray and a Justin Fields that like I just don't think there's a way in which he doesn't finish there. So then we have Trey Lance. I just talked to you about how much I love Trey Lance. Joe Burrow, I don't think there's much. He, the best receiver in the league, like he's going to be a top 12 guy. Russell Wilson. He hasn't not been a top 12 guy in his damn near whole career outside of last year. And he was injured. And then Brady, who is the guy that I have is the bust for me. I just think father mm. time's got to catch up to bro. At some point, he was, the, <laughs> he was the QB three last year. 
And so like he's being drafted as the QB, what is that, 10? So I think people are taking into account that he might take a little drop off. I just think that when you look at like Brady compared, I think like a, a guy like Kirk Cousins could finish above Brady. A Derek Carr could finish above Brady. A Justin Fields, a, 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 I don't want to say Tua, but like Trevor Lawrence, maybe. But like, I just think without Chris Godwin, they have Russell Gage, well, Julio Jones, who isn't really healthy. And yeah, we saw what he could do with a guy like Antonio Brown. But before Antonio Brown came to the Bucks, he wasn't dealing with the injuries that Julio Jones was. Julio Jones hasn't played a full season in, I don't know how long, in four years, four seasons. So like, I don't really want to take that too much into account. They have a new head coach. I don't feel like Brady really loved the game as much as he did before he retired to come out of retirement. He was away from the training camp doing what, you know, like, I don't really know if he, he loved it that much. So I'm taking, I, I say Brady is my bust and I'm not even all too confident in that to be completely honest. Like, I think the top 12 guys are going to be the top 12 guys. <laughs> it's, and like, maybe there's a shift in one or two positions, but outside of that, like, I feel like we know who our top 12 is going to be. I've mentioned my guys and, and I can understand the Brady talk. I just think to an extent like Brady's so consistently finished well and he throws the ball and he is the definition of a red zone merchant for quarterbacks. That brother just love throwing in a red zone. Uh, but no Gronk, I think, hurts that um, and him finding trust in another tight end. We've talked about – you talked about the lack of receiving depth. He didn't make my list, but I can certainly see the argument. Uh, I talked about Stafford and Rodgers, and this is purely above not reaching. And I think Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins probably finished higher than those two, so that's why they made it. And then uh, Tua was on my list because I just don't see um, – I, I just don't see Tua finishing ahead of uh, Jameis Winston or Trevor Lawrence. So I think he falls back to that QB 19-20 range instead of being in that QB 15-16 range. So. QB 19-20? God damn. So you'd rather have Tua or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Oh, shit. All right, Tua or Daniel Jones? Wait, sorry. I'm thinking about real-life quarterbacks. I'm sorry. In fantasy, probably Tua. All right, Tua right. I'm just talking about, I'm, I'm, my, you're looking at the different ranking than me. Mine's the, just the preseason rankings, and they have Matt Ryan at 20, Jameis at 19, Trevor Lawrence at 18. So I'm saying if I think no. those if I think those two will finish above Tua, who at QB 16, then – It's pretty close. They have yeah. Tua at QB 17, Matt Ryan at QB 20. Daniel Jones, QB 21. Daniel Jones over Jared Goff is kind of crazy. I'm not going They have on. Daniel Jones over Tannehill? They have, they have Tannehill as QB 25. Jeez. I think Tannehill, I think oh Tannehill my finished, gosh. finished his top like 20, 22, 21. That's crazy. Tannehill, like, so you, they taking Daniel Jones over Ryan Tannehill. That's kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but hold on. Like, is there is there no potential for Baker Mayfield to be a top 20 fantasy quarterback? They got Baker like, at So Yeah, I'm the lowest of low-end QB two. Am you I said, stupid for thinking that though? To, I don't think so. To be what? Top what? Top twenty? Is there like a? Is that top like twenty? Like not at all. Top twenty. I think that I would. I would. I might rather have Baker Mayfield over. I don't want to say Jameis, but I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Matt Ryan. I think I would as well. So I'd I'd rather, I don't understand why Baker's so low in these places. Very doable. He's almost a breakout quarterback for me. Honestly, I thought a lot about that, but. Oh, I wanted to he's listen. on a revenge tour. You know what I mean? Like oh, he's a, that's a you know how like a motivated man. He's he's motivated to prove <laughs> with real he's, weapons, and he's playing for a contract. He signed that he got. He's one year. He has one year left on his deal, doesn't he? And he's healthy. He's so like, healthy. A year if Baker Mayfield plays like trash, a year from now he could be out the league. And like nothing motivates you more than potentially not having a job next year. You feel me? So like, if there's any time to prove it, and especially the Browns. They shitted on him. Odell shitted on him and then went and won a chip. Like, he got a lot of people to prove wrong. So, 
Because that always he's always been at his best when he has people to prove wrong with that chip on his shoulder. He's always been at his best. Hundred percent. He planting the Panthers flag on the, in <laughs> Cleveland. He doing it. All right, so boom. Do, do, y'all have, do you have any other busts? Yeah, I got one. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know if this will be justifiable after how much we've praised him so far. So Probably not. Well, oh, yeah, all, I forgot. He's already come up in the pod. I'll just I'll just say it. It's my bus. I wrote him down number one. His name is Trey Lance. Hey, talk to us, bro. Tell hey, us why. Like, tell us why everything we've said is wrong. Because Jimmy Garoppolo got a contract. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so just like I said with the Tua situation being purely situational for Tua, I think this situation for Trey Lance can also be purely situational. Well, not I won't say purely situational because he does have a lot of flaws with his throwing, a lot of inconsistencies. We heard that in camp. We've seen it in the preseason games where he does show those flashes. It's always followed up with being inconsistent in some way. And I think with that, uh, with the history of a Kyle Shanahan putting guys in the doghouse, not being afraid to sit those guys, he's starting. He's starting because he has a potential, of course. But he's also starting because they traded up the third pick to go pick him. So he's he's gonna get that opportunity, the opportunity to be there. But if he's not showing what he needs to show, he's he's getting benched. And I don't I think, think Kyle Shanahan's Shanahan. getting fired. That's <laughs> what's gonna happen. <laughs> You traded up to number two to take a guy over to take a guy over Mac Jones and Justin Fields and these guys, and you and you're wrong. Yeah, brother, you're fired. It's, it's rough. It's it's a tough situation, and that's a Super Bowl ready roster. Like they're trying to win right now, and they need their quarterback to be prepared. I know they kept Jimmy for insurance policy as far as getting injured, but there's also an underperforming uh, tag to that when you think about Trey Lance and, and how inconsistent he is, not just playing enough football as well, and maybe just not being the quarterback they need right now. Uh, not saying he can't, you know, get benched and then start later in the season or start another year, but there is some some bust value to Trey Lance just not working out. I, I know the run upside's there, but the throwing, he's going to have to throw at some point. And if it's not up to par, if he can't make those throws, which Jimmy has also shown in the past not being able to make some throws, but he's They've won with Jimmy in spots too. Um, so he, he brought them to a Super Bowl. He, he, he took, yeah, they couldn't finish it out. Whatever you want to say about that, but I think there is some bust value to Trey Lance when you're talking about not being able to make the throws and just being put in the doghouse and not ultimately playing up to what his value could be. No, I think the same, uh, go ahead, Nash. It's pretty crazy when you think about it, but people don't like people like to forget that Jimmy G led the Niners to a Super Bowl. Who they play the Chiefs. They played the yeah. Chiefs, right? And they got clapped. Patrick Mahomes, like, a, you ran into a generational town. Like, like Chris, like the Suns and fucking the Mavs. Chris Paul ran into them. <laughs> like, it's tough. Like, you make it there, you just run into someone that's just better than you. That Like, it's just not meant to be. But, like, he led them to a Super Bowl. What, has uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G have played in the same amount of Super Bowls in their career, haven't they? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, I, I think to touch on it and – Clue, because you're such a football head, you you collegiate football player. I think sometimes, like when we talk about like, can he make all the throws? And it's it's kind of the same argument that pertains to Jalen Hurts and the questions oh, yeah. we had about him last year. And Jalen Hurts can't make all the throws, and these guys can't. But when like that rushing upside is so undeniable of quarterbacks in fantasy that I just I'm not worried about it. You've talked about this yourself. I'm pretty sure you've talked about how. Jalen Hurts has been playing QB for a very long time. Yeah. He's improved every year. Every year. That's college. my man. 
transferring, uh, going to Oklahoma, going into the NFL. Like he's he's improved every single year he's been in the NFL. But he has a lot of experience at quarterback. He uh, he's been around a lot of really good uh, offensive minds, a lot of good coaches. Like he and you talk about this, he can he knows how to manage a game, you know. Yeah. And he and he's improved. Uh, he's made all the throws you've wanted to see him make as far as the priest, not all the throws, but he's made a lot of improvement in what you want to see him make, decision-making, uh, just being with a quicker release and getting the ball out where it needs to go and just getting those reads off like the and going through your progressions. Like, he's made strides in that. We saw that in the preseason. So I have more confidence in Jalen Hurts and what he's shown in that history than I have in Trey Lance, who hasn't shown a lot or and honestly hasn't been able to show a lot, if you know what I'm right. saying. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a there's a difference there. I know the rushing upside is still there with both, but there's a difference in situation. There's just still a difference in their QB play and experience. For sure. Naj, you, Naj, you tweeting during the pod, bro? You know the vibes. I'm chilling. Just going to jump in and drop a <laughs> for sure. <laughs> nah, I mean, listen. I started up. I started up the branch off. I had to let y'all finish it. Goddamn. Uh, so that kind of, I'm assuming, unless anyone got any more busts. Nah, I'm good. No, we're good. QB, that's our QB breakouts and busts. Uh, I feel like that was, I, I was way more productive than I thought it would be. So Super I'm, productive. I'm, I'm hyped as we get down here. Going down to running backs, potentially probably the most important position in all of fantasy football. Uh, you can start with breakouts. And so I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and start it off my breakout. We talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence. We're going to talk about his mans now. Travis Etienne Jr., is one of my breakout running backs. Uh, he obviously played with Trevor Lawrence in college at Clemson. Uh, he's been called the best player in Jags camp, the most explosive piece of their offense. They also mentioned that they're going to be using him in the slot sometimes, which you always love to hear for running backs. And we all know running backs that get work in the passing game are 10 times more valuable in fantasy football than a running back that doesn't. Uh, the last time we saw him play a full season in college at Clemson, he led the country in receiving yards. He ranked second in receptions amongst running backs. He also racked up the most rushing attempts of 20 plus yards from 2018 to 2019. And he only carried the ball 20 plus times once in that span. So like he's explosive. He gets busy in the passing game. He gets busy out the backfield. Sure. Maybe James Robinson comes back, but the Jags did invest a first round pick. They, they picked him at number 25. Granted, it's a different coaching staff and everything, but they picked him at number 25 uh, in, the, in, in the draft, first round pick. And James Robinson was undrafted coming off of a torn Achilles on December 26th. Like draft capital matters in those kind of situations. Like, mm -hmm. of course, you, you don't want to waste the 25th pick in the draft. Whereas like if, 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 if James Robinson doesn't come back, like if he comes back and he's not good and it doesn't work out, you don't really lose much, you know? Whereas like you, you drafted Travis Etienne at number 25, you put real capital into him, a first round pick, which is extremely valuable in these, in, in the NFL at least. And so like, you're going to want to see what you have in him. So I don't think James Robinson is going to be that much competition for Travis Etienne. Like, especially when you consider like relationship with the quarterback, like, there, Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence have a much better relationship than James Robinson and Trevor Lawrence. So, like, he's going to get the ball. And, uh, yeah, I just think Travis Etienne is going to break out this year. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot and be really explosive when he does have it. Travis made my list. Um, nice. I don't know if it's a breakout, but I do think – because I, I my expectation for him is pretty high. Like, when I'm doing, like, my mock drafts, because I'm mocking from the ninth pick because that's my pick in my next draft now out of 12. I'm taking Travis Etienne if he's there in my mocks over Zeke, over James Conner, over Nick Chubb, and over Javante Williams, and over Leonard Fournette. Over all five of them, that's who I'm, ta that's who I'm taking him. 
Yeah, I really I think Travis is going to be that big of a part of that offense. And I talked about it last time, like James Robinson's been healthy. Maybe he takes away from that. But just everything you see about Travis is just like he is just that guy, man. And, and Naj touched on it. I just think that Zeke and Pollard, I think Pollard probably takes away more from Zeke than James Robinson takes away from ETN. Yeah. And when you get into guys like James Conner, who was very touchdown dependent last year, not a lot of receiving upside. Nick Chubb, not a lot of receiving upside. Injury issues. Javante Williams is as big of a question mark as Travis Etienne is, as the workhorse for, for a team. And Melvin Gordon's presence there, Melvin Gordon's going to get work. They're not just going to stash him on the bench and let him sit there because Melvin Gordon is still pretty effective. We're not going to say anything like Melvin Gordon just can't play anymore. And Leonard Fournette was also pretty, pretty touchdown heavy last year. And that's not always the case, with, especially with Tom Brady quarterback teams. So I just I just think that at some point I, I prefer the receiving upside of Travis over all those guys ahead of him. And I drew the line at Aaron Jones because I think Aaron Jones is just going to be ridiculous. Um, but you know what I'm saying? We talked about running back rankings. And I just think Travis is right there on that on that brink of top 12. And he's going as what preseason 17. Yeah, so. I got him here at 16 on underdog. You'd rather have him over Zeke? Yeah, I would. So so would I. I think I, I can pretty safely say I'd rather have him over Zeke. I'd rather have him over James Conner. Touchdown, upside, be damned. I'd rather have him over James Conner. I, I th- I'd rather have him over Leonard Fournette. I think where I draw the line is Javante, but I'd rather have him over all those guys. For you me. also and have Javante in your sleeper, right? I have, yeah, I have Javante yeah. in my sleeper. Yeah. yeah so. And so that's my guy. Um, and yeah, so, so Khalil, who's your breakout running back? Justice, you probably already know this is. Anytime yeah, he does, anytime he does anything good, I'm sending, I'm sharing a tweet with you, no matter what. My breakout, which is we talked about a little bit too, like you have a hard time thinking a rookie can have a breakout year. It's like their first year. I mean, whether they have to build off <laughs> over or improve on, right? But my breakout is uh, Damian Pierce uh, for the Houston Texans. Uh, super huge on this guy. I drafted him. And my uh, in my sleeper league along with other running backs, but I, I love who he is. I think he's an explosive guy. I think he has a speed. They just uh, waived Marlon Mack, who they brought in earlier in this offseason. So I think that's breaking. Get away from me. But I think that says a lot about who Pierce is uh, as a running back and what they can bring to that offense. I think the offense is going to have to depend on that just a little bit. I know Davis Mills is good. Uh, I think they're looking forward to people stepping up in their receiving core besides cooks you know you got a, a jordan you got nico collins uh chris conley some guys like that but i think they won't be afraid to lean on pierce just a little bit i know they still got running backs behind them who will still get some run too but i like pierce's upside uh, a lot of people are high on him right now so a little breakout season is like hard to say but i'm super high on pierce and i love what he brings yeah. I right, so like I, I am high on Damian Pierce, too, until I wanted to play devil's advocate. And spoiler alert, he's in my busts just, <laughs> just because, like, I just feel like the hype is crazy. Like, it's- people take him over, like, Brees Hall and shit. And, like, I maybe they're close to the same situation, but as a talent and, like, as a prospect, Brees Hall is 10 times a prospect Damian Pearson's. So, like, just pure upside, uh, I, I, I'm i going to touch on it later. But, like, Damian Pierce, I, I want to say now that I'm going to sound like a Damian Pierce hater, but I like Damian Pierce. So. All right. <laughs> I, I, I think the, I think it's chalk to be like, yeah, Damian Pierce, because <laughs> it's just what everybody expects now. And I think, uh, talk about Mox, he was going in Mox – eight, ninth rounds, and now when you mock today, he's going in four and five. 
So, I mean, he's already jumping three, four rounds in drafts. So, <laughs> like, at that point, that's mind-blowing that because of preseason and camp, we're, like, four rounds higher, even though your team sucks. <laughs> and maybe you won't get to run the ball a lot. But do I think he's good for over 13 carries a game? Yeah. Do I think Gosh. he's going to get the volume? Yeah. Do I think he'll get the carries in the red zone? Yeah. So, why? what reason do I have to believe? But really how many points he- are the Texans going to score? Davis Mills is service. <laughs> it's a. I'm not saying it's a great offense. It's a good offense for the coach, a good coaching staff, and I think they had some uh, promising things happen for that offense that they can hopefully build up on. I know we got a new coach. Uh, I know they got a new coaching staff, but like, and by the way, I we when was our sleeper league? When did we draft? Probably three months. He was two, on two and a half, three months ago. So I just want everyone to know that I've been yeah, he was. Pierce for months now. That's how I feel about Brian Robinson. Else. That's how I feel oh, about yeah. Brian Robinson, yeah. my boy. I drafted Brian Robinson the same draft that Justin, I mean, that Khalil drafted Damian Pierce. True. True and well, Brian was, Robinson's going to have to drop a get rich or die trying. It was, working <laughs> out, <laughs> it was working out for both of us very well. Brian Robinson was the RB1. Antonio Gibson was turning kicks and shit. And now <laughs> somebody, you know, they hate you because they ain't you. Antonio Gibson put out a goddamn hit on my boy. <laughs> And so now he's the RB one again, but Brian Robinson might come back. Don't sleep. And so, so are, we, are we taking Antonio Gibson in drafts now? I do not like Antonio Gibson. Me either, because he fumbles a lot. But he was a top twelve running back last but, year. So but he's just the RB one. They still got JD McKissick, staff, right? Jay, the coaching staff isn't confident in him. No, they don't like Antonio. Like, Gibson. They don't. They, no. Like they have. They don't have. They're they. He's their supposed to be their RB one, and they're putting him out there to return kicks. Like they're, <laughs> that, that's crazy. Like to be risking your RB one like that. Kick, like kickoffs. There's so much variance for how much you can get hurt. And they're so to my risk boy, like RB1, prom Corderell Patterson. <laughs> yeah, like you're not risking. And granted, he's a super good athlete, super explosive, and everything. Yeah. But like, if he's your RB one, you're supposed to cherish that, value that. You don't see fucking like. Uh, let me let me think. Uh, like Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey was returning kicks yeah. as a rookie, though. <laughs> but like that was before he came onto the scene. Like now, yeah. Christian McCaffrey's Christian McCaffrey. He's their prime. Like you don't see JT returning kicks. He's dumb explosive. You don't see Dalvin returning kicks. You don't see, like obviously they're one of some of the most explosive athletes on your team. But well, I they, got a question though. Back in the day when you was growing up and you played Madden, you put your running backs back there to return kicks. Yeah, because they got that speed. I took every one of them. They got that speed. I had Reggie Bush returning every kick. LaDainian Tomlinson was returning every kick. Oh, Lord. I still don't want want no parts of Antonio Gibson. And he's an injury. He's he's a little bit injury prone. So, like, your your coach don't believe in you. You're a bit injury prone. You fumble a lot. Brian Robinson is coming back. J.D. McKissick is taking you off the field for passing downs. I don't like it. I bet some of those guys in our league are er, uh, pissed that we drafted so early, because I know probably one not. of them, well, some of them, one of them took Antonio Gibson probably at a decent, a decent spot at the time, and then now. I wonder what he went for in our draft. I mean, it's dynasty though. Like Antonio Gibson could be good next year. Like Antonio Gibson could go to a different team next year and be good. So like that's true. That what I think they would be mad about is like the the Brian Robinsons and Damian Pierce's like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. like if you didn't do like if we do a dynasty we do that draft now Damian Pierce you not taking him in the twelfth or whatever the fuck you took him like Gibson like, went I, for thirty five dollars. Brian Robinson got dropped. <sighs> Brian Robinson that, got dropped, and I picked him up, and no one hit me for him, so I got to keep him. To put that in perspective, I got Aaron Jones for thirty five dollars. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. And I got I got James Conner for fourteen dollars. Wow, uh, bro, it's crazy. At the time, I was people. 
at the time I was saying, you know, what's the con of like drafting this early? Like if you're doing your research and you know what's going on, like you're fine. The con comes when you don't do your research. Yeah, exactly. but like, so that's y'all's fault. Catch up. That, that is their fault, but we drafted in like what June or May or something like that. Like catch up. People probably thing. aren't people aren't keeping up like that, I guess. I don't know. I got, Cortland Sutton. I got Cortland Sutton for six dollars. Songs, man. Um, I'm pissed. <laughs> anyways, my my running back breakout. Uh, Damian Pierce is one of them. I told you all Travis Etienne was one of them. Uh, one of them. Uh, my other one is J.K. Dobbins, uh, who's coming off an injury year, uh, but was the most efficient running back in football in a run heavy scheme um, for the time that he was on the field. And I think they're going to continue to be a run heavy scheme because that's just their identity. And they've won games like that. They have the highest winning percentage or one, like one of the three highest winning percentages in the NFL since Lamar became the starter. They so want to give him the bag. No. So, but they're going <laughs> to, they're going to keep running the ball. And I think JK is a, a beneficiary from that. I don't think it's a crowded backfield. And I, I just think JK is in a good place to finish higher than what his preseason rankings are. Cause right now JK is at RB 24. And do I think there's a clear line for him to be one, the RB1, unless you count Lamar. Um, but JK, there's a clear path for him to finish above Elijah Mitchell, to finish above Josh Jacobs, to finish above AJ Dillon, who's splitting carries, to finish above Cam Akers, Brees Hall, and these guys who we just don't know. And I, I to finish above David Montgomery, because that team's terrible. And I think JK Dobbins could do that because he's a super efficient and a run heavy team with a great run scheme. They want to push back on that just a little bit, just coming fresh off the injury. Um... I know we've made so many advances in technology, all that stuff, but like still, it's still a major injury. And I don't know if they're going to put a lot of pressure and volume on them. They just brought in Kenyon Drake, who's injury prone himself, you know, not, not uh, exactly, you know, RB one kind of guy, but they still brought him in still waiting on Gus Edwards to come back and stay healthy that way too. So I don't know if they're going to put exactly as much pressure on them, at least at the beginning, but I, I see what you're saying for sure. No, and, and I think J.K. Dobbins scores 10 touchdowns this year. I'll kind of push it back, too, because I, I liked J.K. Dobbins until a couple of days ago. I saw that he was like doing a drill and then he started like limping and like yeah. a pretty a pretty noticeable limp. And so, like, I don't think he's a 100 percent healthy and the Ravens play next Sunday. Well, they <laughs> so, also like, say he, he might not be ready for week one. I so. sent you that limp, too, Justice, by the way. I know. I, I, yeah. You took him in your uh, your mock draft you showed me. So I was like. Just like, you know, be careful. But. Yeah, he and might so not be like ready to, for They also have Gus Edwards, who they like. Like they, they, they're very, they're high on Gus Edwards, and they brought in Kenyon Drake. Like they clearly feel like there's something they're missing in their backfield to have to bring in Kenyon Drake. And apparently, the process was seamless. A, a, a word for word is was it, seamless. So like, is it missing or is it insurance plans? I mean, maybe. And I don't think that J.K. I think they want him to be their passing downs back, Kenyon Drake. But that means that J.K. Dobbins isn't a three-down running back. So, like uh, – and, and, like, you already have to deal with Lamar taking carries away. Like, he – and and he's splitting the, the first two downs with Gus Edwards. So I, like, I would think Gus Edwards gets run in the red zone as well. Like, he, that, he's, that's what I'm saying. Back. He's going to get some play there, too. I just don't know how often he's going to be on the field. And, and, like, in Dynasty, I really like J.K. Dobbins. I think eventually, like – Talent wins out, and so like he'll be better than he next year. He'll probably be their RB one locked and loaded. But like in redraft, in a year that he's coming off of an injury, that he's probably splitting early downs with Gus Edwards and losing third downs to Kenyon Drake, and already dealing with Lamar running in the red zone and just running period. Like I'm probably fading him this year, but I th- he is one of the most efficient runners we've seen. So maybe he makes a lot out of those carries that he's getting. 
but I'd probably stay away from him. And that's just my opinion. You, know? you call so, him? Did you call him RB twenty four justice? Is that where he is? Yeah, they haven't ranked the RB twenty four. So, but I, and then to support what your your opinion, like I think that's really low for him as well, though. Like I, I don't know that's where to my find point. That. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to. So yeah, so based on that, like that's I don't think that's a good ranking necessarily. I don't know where that medium is as far as like the volume goes and just like not putting a lot of pressure on him, but also like hey, like that's really low for a guy who's you know, a lot better than that. So it's like yeah. really hard to find. Okay. That so JK Dobbins or Damian Pierce? Uh, I'll probably still go with JK Dobbins. Cool. Pierce. It's a better team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, JK or David Montgomery? Uh, I, I probably David Montgomery. He's super efficient too. And he's proven and he's healthy when he's healthy. He's really and good. he's going to get volume. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Kalo? Montgomery. And then the last one, uh, or Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell or J.K. Dobbins. The 49ers he, staff scares me. Keep in mind, they just dropped Trey Sermon. So only yeah, but Elijah Mitchell's injury scared me. Jeff Wilson. Uh, I, I, I'll probably go J.K. Dobbins. I'm going to go Dobbins. Just Elijah Mitchell. I had him in one of my fantasy leagues last year, and he was amazing when he played. But, like, he didn't play a lot. So it's just like I just can't draft Mitchell over Dobbins at this point. I would probably go Mitchell just because there's there's less competition in the backfield for him. And Kyle Shanahan is an incredible play caller. And like you said, when he played, he was healthy. Um, when he played, he was good. Granted, like he's not the healthiest. J.K. Dobbins ain't the healthiest. And they're, they're in like kind of similar positions. They're and teams that's going to score a lot of points. Both have running backs. They're going to run the ball. So, like, I do think it's a toss-up, but I would go J- Elijah Mitchell. to run the ball. What did I say? You running backs to run the ball. Hey, running backs. <laughs> so they know what to do. But, yeah, quarterbacks who run the ball. And, uh, yeah, I would just say Elijah Mitchell has less uh, less competition back there, so I would take him. But I do think it's close. I think um, it's more likely that Trey takes more touchdowns away from Elijah Mitchell just because he's not the thrower that Lamar, Lamar Jackson is. Yeah, I feel that. So, Lamar is still capable of – Making the reads and making the throw. Mark Andrews. What you think about Lamar? It's a is an animal. Regardless mm. of what you think about Lamar Jackson, because you're a racist or a buffoon or whatever you think, Lamar can throw. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Lamar can throw for sure. So, Bro, you should see this. Shit I post about like whenever I post about him on FanDuel, the comments would be like, "Why would I take a running back at QB?" Yeah, like, I can't okay. believe people are still saying that. He has an MVP, my boy, at, at, at being running, at being quarterback. Like, what are you talking about? But it's um, crazy. Yeah, does that wrap up our breakout running backs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. So let's go to bust. And so I was started off with Damian Pierce. Boom. Damian Pierce. I like Damian Pierce. I said this before, but I just – I want to play devil's advocate. He's being taken at RB24 on underdog, which I don't think is that bad. But it's ahead of guys like Chase Edmonds, who I think realistically could finish higher than Damian Pierce in a higher-powered offense. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't like Clyde, but like, I don't like Clyde, but the offense is way, way better. Josh Jacobs, don't like Josh Jacobs, but I think he'll get the volume. Kareem Hunt always seems to find his way to a top 15 RB finish. Uh, Tony Pollard, everyone's favorite backup running back. And I, I would he's the best to- running back on that team. I agree. But they're talking about we're going to go through Zeke. So I'd probably rather have Damian Pierce and Tony Pollard. But the rest of those guys, I think it's kind of a toss-up. Um I feel like everyone's kind of feeling like they're drafting him at his floor, which is RB24. And I'm, 
I like I said, I like RB24, but I could see him finishing slightly outside of that. And like he he wasn't used much in college. Uh he in four years he played at Florida, he only had 1800 yards. Like he never had more than 106 attempts in any season. So, like if the and he was there for a long time, four years, four straight years. And the coaches at his college felt like we don't want, they weren't putting him on the field that much. So clearly they weren't seeing something like they, they didn't see something in him. He was also a fourth round pick. And so I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who I saw it from. Nah, I'm going to shout the guy though. Cause I, it was, it was some, some good little research. My boy did. Um, While you're looking for that, can I touch on something? You yeah, said clearly ahead. they didn't see something. Uh, I, I want to push back, but go ahead, justice. Oh, uh, so I, this has Damian Pierce at RB31. Um, I would take which, him at RB31, yeah. Yeah, I would, I'm taking him at RB31. The guys immediately ahead of him are Miles Sanders, uh, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, Chase Edmonds. And I think there's a logical path for him to finish above those guys, and I think that might be where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I And he was in my breakouts as well, so I, I would say that. But I also you're coming from – but there's a part of me that says, why wouldn't I think Rashad Penny finishes higher than Damian Pierce this year if he's healthy? I mean, they're similar situations, shit offenses. But, like, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll want to run the ball more than the Texans do. I would think. Or the 49ers, if you talk to them about it. Rashad Penny, when he was playing, was – he was like really top good. five for a couple that back end of the season. So I, I don't think it's as crazy as people He's think. He's in my to, breakout list. Penny is. You know, like I, I like Rashad Penny, but the guy's name is Dynasty underscore I am on Twitter. So shout out to my boy. You're probably never going to hear this, but shout out to whoever you are, bro. And so like he said, like he did this whole chart, right? And so it was all fourth round picks out of 30 running backs to get picked in the fourth round since 2006. Only one had a it, one season. Like only one had a, a season above 15 points per game. And that was Devonta Freeman. <laughs> like since 2006, fourth round running backs outside of Devonta Freeman have just been dog shit. And so like the, the list is Michael Bush, Mike Davis, Bilal Powell, Anthony McFarland, DJ Dallas, Kalen Balaj, Chuba Hubbard. Granted, we don't know. He's still, he's still no, a he's young terrible. <laughs> Like Joshua Kelly, Ramondre Stevenson is in there. Zamir White is in there. They haven't played yet, but like. I like just, Zamir White. I like Zamir White too, low key. Benny Snell, uh, Naeem Hines is in here. And like, okay. he's pretty good, but yeah. not not like a, not 15 points per game good. So like, it's <laughs> tough to be, to, to be a, a, a RB2 in a league that has so many good running backs. Nah, I get it for sure. Uh, going back to like the situation about like clearly they weren't seeing stuff. I don't think it's always that easy uh, necessarily. Like we, like we talked earlier about like draft capital and stuff like that. Like that's politics of football. Like politics plays a huge deal in football sometimes. And and I could uh, counter with that and saying like Pierce doesn't have a lot of uh, tread, you know, on his body. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear that way. And that could help him out, you know, with his with a career and, and being healthy for the season or killing and, and produce him or okay. <laughs> no, or, or with like his run style. Yeah, run style. He's a bruiser. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah he's yeah. not trying to juke nobody out. He's trying to run through you. Yeah. So so like it makes sense. Like that it, the, the fact that he doesn't yeah. have that much tear could could help him out for sure. And even if you go back to like old Miss or like with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown being on the same team and somehow sliding in a draft and not being used in college. I, I don't know how that happened at all. 
And you look back on it now, like, well, that's kind of crazy. Why didn't why didn't you give him the ball more? Mm-hmm. But I think it just goes, you know, to sometimes just like situations and how that works out, bro. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, I like Damian Pierce. I sound like a fucking hater, but I like Damian <laughs> Pierce. I just felt like the hype was crazy. Like, let's slow it down. So that's my first bust running back. So who y'all got? I've got a tandem um, for mine, and it's just the Patriots backfield. I'm fading the Patriots backfield in general. Um, it's and I have Damian Harris in our sleeper league. Eh, I don't feel great about it, but he's on the bench. He's not a starter. Um, I just think that they're damn near splitting carries and split and splitting on-field production. And to me, it's really tough for you to finish at a top 30 RB when you're splitting all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think yeah. Damian Harris uh, could lose some red zone touches. Ramondre Stevenson was pretty effective in the red zone as well once he started getting the ball. Um, and I, I think both of them are faded because I don't know how much we see Ramondre Stevenson on first and second, and I don't know how much we see Damian Harris on third. So we're hurting the receiving upside and the rushing upside of the other. So I'm not favoring one or the other. I'm just fading both of them. And that's why I think they're buffs. No, I never liked the Patriots backfield. And it's crazy because Damian Harris, they always have guys that sneaky put up numbers. Like LeGarrette Blount a couple years ago had like 18 touchdowns. Like mm. they always find guys that put up numbers, but I never liked the pass backfield. Bill Belichick yeah. is just a wild card. Nah, bro. You hear something crazy? Some of the guys I'm in that Twitter group message with, they decided to hop in Discord. I didn't get in there. I didn't get in there and argue with them because I knew it would be a lost cause. And rank players by tiers. And... You uh, and there was some experts. No, they're not experts. And you know why? Here are the guys that finished behind Damian Pierce, behind Damian Harris in their running back rankings. Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop. That's all you needed to hear. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. I heard Saquon and DeAndre Saquon Swift. Saquon Barkley. DeAndre this is Swift. For fantasy or for? This isn't. No, real life. This is who they think is better at football. Um, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Javante Williams, AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery. Oh, by the way, this is in order. So this is how far down they have David Montgomery and, and James Conner comes after him. They had Cord Darrell Patterson right after Saquon Barkley, who has had one productive NFL season where he had a hundred and some carries. He mostly yeah. was playing wide out, but was listed as a running back. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was like, what is your what is your reasoning here? Like, Damian Harris is an eye test. Yeah, Damian Harris, sure, he looks good when he's on the football field. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley? The eye test. What are you talking about? Saquon, Saquon Bar- Barkley? Bro, no, Javante Williams. Javante Williams me. passes the eye test. What are we talking about? Put me in that group message, please. I just want to cause chaos. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pure fuckery. There's no other way to describe that. He, he tells me about, like, you know, their conversations, what they talk about I all the time. It, it's just, oh, thank goodness. I can't freaking wait. We also we have the same mutual friend in that group message. So, like, I, I'll know, like, at least three people in there. Listen, um, bro, listen to their quarterback just crazy. list. Listen to their quarterback oh, list. Oh, no. In, in order. No. In order, Nosh. In order. Mahomes. Rogers. Number three, Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Number four, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Number five, Justin Herbert. Number six, Matthew Stafford. Number seven, Joe Burrow. Mark Jackson is just chocolate. Hey, what's that tier called? That uh, tier is called – so the first tier is elite, and it ends yeah. at Herbert. Then it, goes to ba- then it goes to very good, mm-hmm. and then it's Stafford, Burrow, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott. And then it goes um, to Lamar, good. Lamar, not yet. Good. No, then it goes to good. That's the first thing I said. I said, what are we doing? So then they, because they, they sent it in the Twitter GM and I, I was pushing back like hard. So then they sent good and they went Kyler, then Lamar. This is an order. Kyler, then Lamar, then Derek Carr, then Jameis Winston, then Kirk Cousins. 
And then they have average, which is Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill and Tua and then Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts and Davis Mills. And bad, they have bad is the name of it. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota. This is in order. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky, and Geno Smith. Let me tell you something. Mitchell Trubisky is better than Daniel Jones, and it's not close. He's been to the playoffs. He's made a Pro Bowl, and they're like, we don't put stock in Pro Bowl. Sure, you don't have to put one stop point there because Daniel Jones will never sniff it. Sniff it. So I guess just – I'm like, y'all are idiots. I I was trying to argue with them, and everybody was coming at me, and it just wasn't worth it, bro. But it was the most pathetic tier list I've ever read or looked at in my life. I was hurt. These are the people I have to talk sports with on the daily. Uh, you gotta, you gotta clip that uh, sniff it from Justice, please. For sure, please. <laughs> He's sniffing his mic. I'm glad they don't listen. <laughs> yeah, don't. This is this is too high level of football conversation for their little brains. Um, <laughs> and so, so, um, so that's our. Is that everyone's breakout? No, that's everyone's busted. Everyone give a bust. I got one more bust. I got one. I got. I got. I'll wrap it up. But yeah, go ahead, Justin. Go. AJ Dillon. <laughs> And not because I don't think A.J. Dillon is good, not because I don't think he'll be productive. There are just some guys he's finishing ahead of that um, I don't know that he will. Uh, they got A.J. Dillon right now at the RB21. I don't think he finishes above Josh Jacobs. And I don't think he finishes above Elijah Mitchell. And I don't think he finishes above J.K. Dobbins. And I think that makes you a bust. So I think he can be productive and have really good weeks and probably help some teams win fantasy championships because he puts up good numbers in certain weeks. Yeah. I can't rank Aaron Jones as the RBA and then justify putting and then justify saying that he's a top 20 running back as well. So it's to dope. me, he's a bust. It's crazy. That's fair. Yeah. I forgot, but I had AJ Dillon as one of my breakouts and I never said it, but now that you said it, it reminded me. Uh, I just think that he's just a monster. Like, he is. Like, he's super like a, good. a monster of a human. Like he was 98th percentile in speed score, 98th in burst score, like an insane athlete. And he's six foot 250. Like he's running through, <laughs> he's running through you. And so, like now with Devontae going, no true number one wide receiver. We talked about this on the last episode. Aaron Jones is going to be asked to play a lot more in the passing game, might lead the Packers in red zone targets lining up a lot in the slot sometimes there's a nice chance you see both of these guys on the field at the same time also I the Packers proved last year that Asia Dillon is their goal line back you know like their red zone back damn near like he outrushed Aaron Jones inside the far five yard line 10 to 6 that should go up even more if Aaron Jones is out wide obviously Inside the 10, he outrushed him 21 to 15. Inside the 20, it was 39 to 22. So it's it's low-key, like he, he's not, it's not like he's blowing him out of the water. Like every time they get in the red zone, he's gonna be back there. But he was a rookie last year, and they felt like he was good enough to, to have more touches in the p- position on the field that matters the most than Aaron Jones. Or so more rushes, at above, least more rushes. You think he finishes above Josh Jacobs this year? I yeah. do. See, I just really don't. I'm nervous about the Josh Jacobs situation, and it goes I think they a lot might, to Zamir White. I think they might run Josh Jacobs to the ground just because, like, I don't think he's going to be a Raider next year, so they don't really give a fuck. But I, I would rather have A.J. Dillon than Josh Jacobs. I think A.J. Dillon's probably better than Josh Jacobs. I'm just from a fantasy outlook to me, those guys are probably – the guys I listed are probably RB1s for their team. Mm-hmm. And he's splitting, he's splitting that time. And I, I just don't know that those guys are like if Elijah Mitchell is, is losing carries to Jeff to Jeff, whatever his stupid name is at the end of when the year starts and it is what it is. And I'm wrong. 
And I think if you're doing busts, and this is what we talked about, sometimes it's just a hot take. And I think that AJ Dillon's a hot take for me. And I, I'm actually kind of excited I'd said it because I hope it's right. Now I can throw it in somebody's face at some point. <laughs> that He's a reason why I had Aaron Jones out of the top 12. So, like, I think it's going to be closer with those two. Not that, like, Aaron Jones won't be productive, but, like, I think it'll be closer and a lot to, like, what Notch said, just having them both on the field at the same time. And AJ Dillon's going to get his play. He's going to be able to produce a lot, too. And just to the way the Packers are going to play offense, like right. they're going to use those running backs and go through them a lot. I'm like, I'm like not in 2020, like go ahead. Like in 2020, Nick Chubb finishes the RB nine and Kareem Hunt finishes the RB 10, which is crazy. And I'm not saying that that's just going to happen, but like, it wouldn't be it's not like something like that's never happened before. Granted, Nick Chubb yeah. played 12 games. And so Aaron Rodgers wasn't the one throwing the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> saying like, it's not unprecedented. Like, if they use Aaron Judge more in the past, That's probably games, the only time, so it's pretty unprecedented. Nah, nah, <laughs> it can happen. It can happen, bro. That's probably the only time that's ever happened. No, so like, Kamara, Kamara, and Mark Ingram, <laughs> Kamara and Mark Ingram finished both inside the top 12 one of those years, I want to say. Back in, I don't remember what okay, year but it was. Listen to me, Naj. If it's happened less than a handful of times, it's not like something that just happened. Mark Ingram was eight. Kamara was 16. And they both oh. played. Mark Ingram played 15. And Kamara played fourteen, like it's it's eight and sixteen is so you what we're talking about. Though. You have eight two occasions, six, but that's just, that's in the last three years. That's two in the last Find three me, years. But Naj, I'm not gonna get into this. You can't even think of another situation that that could possibly. Because no, I'm not gonna go back to 2012. But like uh, right. <laughs> two in the last three years isn't crazy. Like if Aaron Jones finished at RB eight and AJ Dillon finished at RB sixteen. That's, I just don't see it. That's not I mean, out of the realm of possibility. Because for him to, for is him to finish at RB16, he's got to outdo the Nick Chubbs, Javante Williams, James Connors, Ezekiel Elias, Travis Etienne, David Montgomery's. He's not going to do that. I think he could be better than David Montgomery. I don't. David Montgomery is the clear workhorse for all three downs. I think he's going to be better. I, I don't think he's going to, but I think he could be better than David Montgomery. I think he could be better than Cam Akers. I don't. I think I, could, I, I, that's not a mount, That's not above the realm of imagination at all. <laughs> Clearly, this I'm, is I'm Cam not Akers. high on Cam Akers. Clearly, so I just Cam don't Akers get it. Hate podcast. <laughs> I don't understand why people think Cam Akers is just going to be good. We have these. I don't showing. think he's. I don't think he's that good either. <laughs> okay, Khalil. Football question. So, you football brain. So, to an extent, we talk about we talk about him lining up out wide, uh, Aaron Jones. But yeah. also to an extent, if we're playing matchups, doesn't it kind of favor to? But also still have him running his route side of the backfield in an extent because it's more of a linebacker coverage at that point than it is a cornerback or a safety coverage? Uh, I think it depends on, like, you know, what the def- how the defense is playing it. I think it'll be – he's going to garner attention in that slot position. He's going to garner right. attention in that spot. And you're going to get a lot of nickel play out of that. You don't, I don't think you're going to put a corner out there necessarily, but you're going to put a nickel. Uh, I hope – People don't put a linebacker out there, but I think I'm saying, uh, if he, I'm saying if, that's why I'm saying I think it favors him to run out yeah. of the backfield because he gets he draws a lot of linebacker matchups at that point. I think it'll depend on, a lot on just the situation and you know where the ball is, you know, red zone, you know, being in the middle of the field and switching up different looks that way too. I, I think it's going to put a, the defense in a bind no matter where you are because you're going to have to account for both of those guys. Yeah. If you know Aaron Jones is in the slot, you're going to have AJ Dillon in the backfield. Like I think it just puts them in a bind. But I see what you're talking about. Like yeah, I think having them having them come out the backfield is just it's tough. More lethal because it's, you don't see CMC lining up out wide very often. No, it really no. doesn't yeah. in the backfield a lot. So I just think no. if you're receiving back, it favors you matchup wise to come out of the backfield. Yeah. And then sauce I, up a linebacker in a millisecond because they can't cover. I mean, you. Aaron yeah. Aaron Jones is their best position player, right? Like 
outside yeah. of Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Aaron Jones is the best position player they have on offense. Yeah. Think about it like this. Like you're gonna you're in some situations, you're gonna do five out wide and have Aaron Jones in the slot. So you're gonna have four receivers needing to be covered, and you're gonna have Aaron Jones. He's gonna he's in a lot of situations, he's gonna get the, the lesser guy, the lesser defender in, in a sense. So even then, that's a, a mismatch right there, too. Yeah, throw your corner on Romeo Dubes and see what <laughs> see what see what my boy Aaron Jones does to you. I'm just super high on Aaron Jones, so it's hard for me to be high on AJ Dillon. It's it's not out of the realm of imagination that he does this, but I think when it comes to you have to pick busts. It's hard to pick bust. I think AJ Dillon's more likely because of the impact of Aaron Jones. And that's no, my for sure. For sure. Logical. Khalil, who you got? Who you got? All right. So I'll touch on a few real quick. I, I just like wrote people down. We touched on a few obviously already. So like uh talking about Leonard Fournette just being in that situation, not being super high on the Bucks and you know where they're going as a team. We Bad. their their concerns are super doc. What did you say? That voice <laughs> 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 overweight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The concerns for uh, the Bucks are super documented, so I won't go over that. Antonio Gibson is another guy I wrote down, and that is also super documented. It's the stock. I've never seen someone's stock plummet in three weeks just like that. Just plummet. <laughs> like, you got – you remember the commander's po- – uh, not the podcast, but their uh, their color commentary guy? Like, he was awful. Oh, it was so bad. He was so bad. But even they could notice during the game, like, like this guy's like he's not getting a lot of reps. His camp's been bad. Like it's it's going downhill from here. Even they mentioned that too. Telling you, bro, uh, put out a hit. Man. He needed his spot back. Had to. He said, he said, "Hey, bro, go to, go handle that for me." Too much of a coincidence. <laughs> too much it's death upon me. Blood. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talked about. Uh, I listed Damian Harris just being a, another guy to bust. I think you talked about the Patriots' entire backfield, which is very fair. Uh, a lot of questions about that team, that offense specifically, uh, what they're going to do. They switched up their scheme a little bit, so they're not, now they're doing more zone, and it's not looking great. Uh, no. So a lot of adjustments there. The play calling is very questionable. Losing uh, Josh McDaniels, obviously, but now you're going to, like, Matt Patricia going to offense. It's just not working out. Uh, so being high, uh, low on Damien Harris, being more higher on Stevenson and even Pierre Strong, who they just drafted in the draft this past season. I also have that in my sleeper as well. So we'll see how that goes. As a new dynamic to the team, a lot of explosion. And then the last one would be J.K. Dobbins, which I touched on earlier, just being a bust. More so not putting a lot of pressure on him, coming off an injury, and then them adding Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards coming back, and obviously have Lamar as well and how the offense is geared. Oh, my son, Khalil, just ran through all of that in 30 seconds. What a guy. He's nice, nice with it. Nice with it. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of brings us to wide receivers. Uh, bust breakouts for wide receivers. Uh, go ahead and start it off, Justice. You seem very excited. Number one, I'm just going gonna, gonna to blow through my three. I think that's the best way to do it at this point. Uh, I think my, my three are Monroe St. Brown who broke out at the end of last year, but I think we'll continue to add to that this year. I think he's the best offensive player on that team. Over uh, DeAndre best, Swift? I think he's a better skill position player than DeAndre Swift. Over Jamison Williams? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. James Williams I know, I know. is a freak. Uh, um, Monroe St. Brown was super efficient and super scary. As soon as they were like, yeah, you know what? I think we're just going to give him the ball 30% <laughs> of the time. So, like, he like he just randomly jumped from, like, four targets, three targets to here's 11, 12, 15, 15, 12, 11. And it's, they finally figured out, hey, this guy might be good. He scores a lot yeah. whenever we throw him the ball. Uh, so, I, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, I, I think Jared Goff is more than capable, uh, regardless of what you think about him. I think he's capable of doing it. He showed it. 
um, with yeah. him. And uh, the, my next Wait, guy. So I'm a wait, wait, wait. I'm a pause. I'm on okay. I'm on Ross St. Brown or Deontay Johnson. See, I have them both. I have stock in both. But uh, the situation for Deontay scares me a little bit. So you'd rather um, have him on Ross St. Brown? I think so. I, I, I'm like my first week in fantasy. I'm starting him on Ross St. Brown over over Deontay Johnson. That's that a great before, pick, by the way. Before the injury, thank you. St. Brown's you. a great pick. Yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown or Juju. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Okay, I'm on Ross St. Brown or Jerry Judy. I'm on Ross St. Brown. <laughs> I'm on Ross St. Brown or Marquise Brown. I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's close though. I, <laughs> that, I think that's, that's a little close. That's close for me. I'm on Ross St. Brown or Terry McLaurin. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Oh, okay. Jahan Dotson could be the number one. I'm not even kidding. Carson Wentz, though. <laughs> think about what he thinks about Carson Wentz, and then you'll get your answer there every okay. time. Carson sucks. Well, now I have to keep going. All right. I'm on Ross St. Brown or Gabriel Davis. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Because right now, I'm on Ross St. Brown is being drafted as the wide receiver 26 over the last. I hope everybody week. in my league lets him fall to RB26. Because I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown or Allen Robinson. Uh, Monroe St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Monroe St. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. Thank you. <laughs> so that's that's where you end. So that would mean for you, Monroe St. Brown, and ADP wise on underdog is wide receiver seventeen. Yeah, and I could see that. I think top twenty is very logical for him. But so I would I'm like a, to, I would like to know what he was the last six weeks of the season last year. I, I mean, I can tell you. Hold on, but so I'm I'm a name wide receivers, and I'm just stop me if you think. Amon Ross St. Brown is better than any of them for fantasy. DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb, and the big five no. of you know the no. rest. None of them. Okay, so Cortland Sutton is that line for you. Yeah, so Amon Ross St. Brown in PPR last year finished the season with uh, 24, 15, 23, 26, 36, and 27 fantasy point outputs. Starting what from week thirteen on? Yeah, from week thirteen yeah. on, Amon Ross St. Brown was the wide receiver three. <laughs> so I mean, say what you want. If you don't think he can be a top twenty receiver after the last week ten, the last seven weeks of the season of being wide receiver three, that's fine. That's a great pick. He he's a weapon for sure. He's amazing. He, and all they, all they, all they need to do is find more ways to get in the ball. Like he can get out of the backfield, jet sweeps. Uh, he can still, you know, do the whole traditional receiver thing, like just get him the ball and he'll do things with I'm, it. I'm targeting him on Ron every fantasy league I'm in. So, and, and people might say, like, and listening to this, you might think, like, oh, from 13 to 17, people were injured in fantasy points per game. He was the wide receiver four. So he's still the only people higher than him, only receivers higher than him for the last five weeks of the season was Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. He averaged more points per game than. T. Higgins, then Justin Jefferson, then A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, every wide receiver except those big three, he was better than for the last five weeks of the season. So, And he had six touchdowns in those six weeks. <laughs> and, he so had, I, and he had and he had double-digit targets in all six of those weeks. So, boom, I, I like the Amon Ross St. Brown pick. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with it. But I, think, uh, I think Cortland Sutton draws the line for me. I'm torn between yeah, me and too. Deontay Johnson. But yeah. I would – I'll give you Cortland uh, Sutton, bro. My set, my second one is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, told you he's gonna make an appearance. Everything from camp says that it's great, uh, and he's not in the doghouse. He kind of got out of it, out of it towards the end of last year. Uh, there are some guys ahead of him that I believe are questionable. See if I can find him as quickly as I possibly can. 
good gosh, how far down do they have? He's that, RB. He, he's wide receiver thirty four right now for me. So the players above him: Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, Michael Thomas, DK, Chris Godwin, Rashad Bateman. Would you rather him over all those people? Yes. You'd rather Brandon Ayuk over DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's in my bust. <laughs> so I'm avoid, I'm fading DK Metcalf in every draft. I'm not. I'm not putting stock in Geno Smith. You rather Brandon now? You think Chris Godwin? Um, just because I don't know when Godwin will be back. I mean, if it was just base, like they're both playing 16 games, I would take Godwin. Brandon, now you go over Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I'm not a big Rashad Bateman guy. That team's just going to run the ball so much. I don't know what that looks like. Mark Andrews is the first target. I can't wait to see how he looks, though. I'm I'm not the biggest Bateman guy either, but I just I need this. I hope he's good. People are are super high on him. I hope he's good. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a hot take. I think I think I'd rather have DK. I think I'd rather have Darnell Mooney. I think I'd rather have Elijah Moore. I'd rather have Godwin. I think uh, Bateman is where I draw the line. I think I I'd, think, ra- I'd probably rather have ba- uh, Brandon Ayuk. I'm fine with Godwin. I really am. And, I'm, and DK is it's reasonable. DK is the freak freak of nature. I'm mm-hmm. not knocking DK the player, even though he's got bricks for hands sometimes. But um, so I almost I'm knocking DK the player. Uh, would One you prefer Ayuk players in there? Would you prefer Ayuk or Michael Thomas? Ah, uh, probably Michael Thomas. I, I would go Michael Thomas, and I'm not going to give him breakout credit because he just hasn't been healthy, and we know what he was yeah, before, we, before yeah. that. So, um, and then my third guy is Alan Lazard, and that's just because he plays with Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be their wide receiver one, regardless of what Dubes does or Christian Watson does. We know how Rodgers' history is with rookies and how he likes having guys he's played with. Think of the way he speaks about Jordy Nelson and <laughs> Donald Driver and these guys who are great, who are great receivers. But um, I just I think that he's most familiar with Lazard. Somebody's got to be the number one, and I think he's the number one out of that receiving core. And so, oh. funny enough, it's funny enough on underdog Brandon Ayuk is thirty four and Alan Lazard is thirty five. So, hey. if you picked between them, I would go Ayuk, even though yeah. he's not the wide receiver one. I would situation s- is better. I think. Yeah, situation yeah. I think is just better. Um, go ahead, Khalil. Break it down. You, you, uh, just as you said, someone has to be the the number one in that offense, and I'm thinking exactly of the running backs right now. I know you're talking about receiving core. Um, I know Matt yeah. LaFleur said something about like uh, they're gonna spread it around, and there's like no top guy establishing himself over the other. So it's like, which sucks to hear. If you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's challenging someone in that uh, in that locker room. I don't know who's gonna come on on top. Probably Lazard, just given what you just said. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we're talking about receivers. I had Brandon Ayuk for sure. Um, I love the the second half of the season he had, and I think he's just going to add on to it, being out of the doghouse, like you said earlier, and just um, adding some more you know dimensions to the offense. I think he can do not the same things, but some of the same things Debo Samuel can provide an offense, just not at that highest level. Uh, just doing like you know jet sweeps, uh, still running the routes, being a receiver that way too. Uh, here we go. Cortland Sutton, though, is probably my biggest pick in, in this breakout season. I mentioned it in our receivers pod. Um, I mentioned it then. I know what happened to it. But in 2019, being already having his own breakout season in that way, uh, getting injured the next season in, in 21, not having that great season just because he's still coming off an injury. You got Drew Locke at quarterback. You, know, you got Teddy, all that, guy, all those guys, whatever. I just he had think- his weeks, though. He had his weeks. He had his weeks, but I think he's, you know, going to get back healthy in this season. You got Russell Wilson coming in, and we know, like, the receivers he likes to target. I think Cortland Sutton is 
ready for that breakout season. I think he's going to get back to that form he was in, in that uh, – I think his, I think that was his rookie year. So, but I think he's gonna get get back to that form, especially with the new co- uh, new quarterback and just a new situation. Being the clear cut number one as well. I like Judy. Uh, I, I'm not that high on Judy, but I think Sutton's definitely the number one guy in that situation. No, Russell Wilson has produced at least a, a top 15 wide receiver every year that he's been in the league between yeah. Tyler Lockett, DK, Doug Baldwin going all the way back to him. Like yeah. Russell Wilson's a lock to put up, to give someone, to unlock somebody. You, you prefer Judy to Ayuk, by the way? I'm, I don't remember. I prefer said. Judy to Ayuk. I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. Plus, me too. I, just I like love Russell Jerry Wilson. Judy. Yeah. Wow. I just like Russell Wilson. Um, for me, my guy, if you follow me on Twitter, these y'all already know my body. My guy is Elijah Moore. I love me some Elijah Moore. We just talked about Amon Ross St. Brown and how in the last five weeks of the season, he was the wide receiver three. Well, between week seven and 13, before Elijah Moore, after the bye and before Elijah Moore got injured because he didn't play after week 13. So between seven and 13, he was the wide receiver four. Uh, in points per game, he was the wide receiver four as well. In regular points, he was still the wide receiver four. So my boy was just putting up numbers. The only people higher than him were Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel. He was ahead of Keenan, T. Higgins, uh, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase in that span. Elijah Moore was above all of them. He caught he was catching, he caught five touchdowns in that span. He was catching touchdowns from Joe Flacco, Mike White, Zach Wilson, all of them. He caught a touchdown with every quarterback that played for the Jets that season, last season, which which proves that it doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball, he's getting open. Like I said before, and that uh, like Matt Harmon does those reception perception things. The he was in the 90th percentile or more in every route run except for like a po- like a deep post, and he was like 75. So like he's he's smoking receivers, getting I'm um, smoking corners, getting separation. And yeah, they bought in Garrett Wilson, but it's, it doesn't matter. Like they, that doesn't prove like tell me that they don't believe in Elijah Moore. That just proved that may, maybe Elijah Moore is injury prone. Maybe that's what they think. And that's why they bought in Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's also an incredible talent. So you don't just pass yeah. that up. Like Love Jamar Garrett Chase Wilson. and T Higgins, they both put up numbers. I have them, both of them in my top 10. There's and granted Joe Flacco and, Zach Wilson are not Joe Burrow, but still, I think there's room for Elijah Moore to put up a top 20, top 17 wide receiver season. And he's being drafted right now as like, let me see, what well, the wide receiver, well, wide receiver 32, 33. And I think he, he can be well above that. Like, can I, I run I, you through the gauntlet real quick? Like you run sure. me? For sure. All right. Elijah Moore, that's just Elijah Moore, Gabriel Davis. Elijah Moore. Amari mm, Cooper. Easy. Elijah Moore. Juju. Elijah Moore. Rashad Bateman. Elijah Moore. Chris Godwin. Ah, uh, probably Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin's criminally low, but I think it's just because we don't know how much time he's missing. Um yeah. Jerry Judy. Elijah Moore. Uh Monroe St. Brown. Elijah Moore. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Michael Thomas. I should say Michael Thomas, but my heart tells me Elijah Moore. Dang, dude. I think where I draw the line is around that Cortland Sutton range. Like, Dang, I would, so you, I would, you think, I would rather you have Jalen Waddle. I'd rather have Jalen Waddle. It's, fu- it's funny you say that. It's a good transition. Jalen Waddle's actually in my bus. I would rather have Jalen Waddle than, than Elijah Moore. I would. Yeah. Uh, so Jalen's coming in at wide receiver 16, which is where he finished last year. Um, 
I, I just don't see how you have that same finish when you bring in Tyree Kill. I don't think the, the receptions are the same. I don't think the targets are the same. Does that mean he can't be a top 25 receiver? No, I just don't think that he finishes in the tops in the top 18 to 20. Because I think, I think Tyree, I think Tyree Kill, Mike Gusecki, and these and these guys, and I, I you you're gonna give Tyree Kill the largest contract in football history. You're gonna make sure he gets that pill. So for receivers, anyways, I, I just I think that Tyree Kill puts a big knock into what was his calling card of being just a good PPR guy because he got a bunch of receptions and he and he did work with it. So I. And I think he'll still be used. He's dangerous. I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's an amazing football player. I just think Tyree Kill at this point is going to command a load of those targets. Um, I, I think Tyree. I think Waddle's a better bet at wide receiver two than Gabe Davis. Um, yeah. But I but so do I don't. I. But I don't think he's um, like a better wide receiver two than T Higgins as a bet. So Where did you have Hill? Where did you have him ranked? Uh, he didn't make the top twelve. That's pretty crazy. I <laughs> Wait, Tyreek Tyre, 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 Tyre? No, I think Tyreek will finish around 13, and I think Waddle probably finishes around 20, 21. That's well, interesting uh, to me. A, a lot of Jalen Waddle's production. It's all because of two season, I think he's terrible. A lot okay. of Jalen Waddle's production <laughs> last season came off of targets, right? Like he was the 10th most yeah. targeted wide receiver in the league, and that's missing a game. So he would have been the ninth most targeted wide receiver in the league. Uh, and, and I just obviously think that that's going to go down with, with Tyree kill there. I like Jalen Waddle though. I'm just saying like, I think he's amazing. I, this is nothing against the football player. This is purely a fantasy outlook. Mm-hmm. If, and Waddle, and like I said, the talent alone could get him to be a top 20 receiver. And the same thing I said about Tyree kill on that podcast. So if Tua gets up, gets him the ball and he's got room to work and everything goes, goes well, then sure. Dang, you got him at the top 12. Yeah. I, I didn't even remember. Dang, that's crazy. Th- I'm trying to think of who I had in right before him, but I can't. Uh, Keenan Allen and Michael Pittman and DJ Moore are the guys I had above him. Okay. And now that's Michael fair. Pittman, uh, DJ Moore. I think that's fair, yeah. If you're low on two, I mean, that's definitely fair. Yeah, I'm low, I'm, I'm low on two. So. Um, who do you think is a better uh, – super, super side note. Who do you think is a better quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Tua? Baker. Baker. The, the arm there's a there's a huge gap with the arm huge okay, the arm talent it's it's massive yeah i mean that gap is massive right. it's and not I was, close i was gonna say this earlier i think jalen hurts is a better arm talent than two is okay it's an arm talent. arm talent than two is. he may not I, be I, that, more accurate i'm talking about just the pure arm talent i think he's better than two is yeah i i, I could rock with that like pure arm strength i could definitely rock with that not that Jalen Hurts is popping off the page arm talent. I'm just saying I think it's better than Tua because I think Tua, no, he's no Josh Allen. But I don't I think, like no, I think I think Tua walks around with with a noodle on his left arm. That mm-hmm. he's probably more. Maybe he's just naturally a right hander. Nobody ever told him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't know. That so, sideline to sideline stuff pisses me off. If you can't make those throws, because the elite NFL quarterbacks make those throws. No, for sure. Um, does anyone have any more breakouts? Um, I think we're, I think we're on, no, I don't. I, I put down DJ Moore. Uh, honorable mention was you know Hollywood Brown, but I I want to push back on that a little bit just because he had a rough season last season and there's a lot of drops. I know he's going to get a lot of production and a lot of opportunity, especially I just, in uh, that first six weeks without Hop. Yeah, so I, I just, it just makes me a little bit nervous, but I could see him definitely being having that kind of breakout season, especially being back with Collar too, for sure. Uh, moving on the bus, we all got DJ Moore, dude. Yeah, I love DJ Moore too. Yeah, uh, so I touched on Jalen Waddle. I said DK Metcalf would be in, and I, I don't where is DK Metcalf ranking at right now? He's low on underdogs. Yeah, tw- I'm looking at yeah, right wide now. receiver 22. 
and I think that's purely because of quarterback play, not because of the player that Dick underdog. Metcalf he's twenty nine. Okay, they got him twenty two on here, and <laughs> twenty nine is absurd. Twenty nine is crazy. But when I look at it, um, do I think it's absurd for me to think Michael Thomas, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Elijah Moore, and Chris Godwin, and these guys could be better than DK Metcalf this year? I don't. Uh, just because of, like I said, quarterback play. And, and we know Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. If Penny and Walker are both healthy, even if they're healthy just at different points, they're going to get the ball. And I, I just I can't trust Geno Smith and Drew Locke to produce to produce a great fantasy wide receiver. And, I, and Tyler Lockett's still going to play a part as well. And he'll have his weeks, especially the first week of the season, first three weeks of the season, Tyler Lockett season. It's like him and Sammy Watkins. So, um it's just it's just something that happens, and I, so I, I just can't see the path for DK. And the other guy I had was Rashad Bateman, and uh, I think Rashad Bateman's actually going wide receiver twenty nine above guys like Juju, Amari Cooper, Gabe Davis, Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfo, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Drake London, who I think there's usually now one rookie wide receiver who goes crazy, and I think it very easily could be Drake London. I think it'll be one of them between Drake London, yeah. Chris Olave, if Jameson Williams was playing him. I'm a big Elijah Moore fan, so I don't think it's going to be Garrett Wilson, but, um, <laughs> you know. I think Garrett Wilson's the best receiver in that class, so that's just me. But uh, I think that's more of an indictment on uh, Corey Davis, by the way. Going back to your point, Naj, like mm-hmm. drafting Garrett Wilson, like Corey Davis is, you know, fine and all, but he's only had one really good season, and yeah, then he got like injured Corey the next Davis. season. I like him too, but yeah. kind of like him, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just I think that those are guys that could that could finish above DK, and like I said, it's all about position and you not being what your ADP is to me or your rankings are. So I I just don't see him finishing top twenty top twenty three this year. Everything you're saying is making so much sense, and I just have the hardest time crossing that bridge and getting to where you're at. Logic. He like burned me last wise. year, bro. DK was not yeah, great last year. That's true. I I just, I, don't, I don't know why I just have a hard time getting there. And I took DK early, dude, and he he burned me for most of last year. He he had a tough – after Russ went down, he had that stretch where he was playing with Geno Smith, and it was – so, like, I'm looking at his game log right now. his starter? Who's his starter? So, I'm looking at his game log, and he started with 12. Like, he was he was fine when Russ Yeah, he was, was fine. He was those first five production. weeks – those first five weeks, he only had one game below 12.5 points. And then he had one more down week, then Russ got hurt. And then it was 2.6, 3 1.1, 1.3, 6, 4.3, 5.2. Like, that's tough. That's a tough stretch. So like, that's nasty. For me to credit you and say, for me to credit you and say, you'll outproduce guys who I think can average 13 fantasy points. I just think that's tough. I think mm-hmm. that's tough for me to put DK in that conversation when we've seen his production with Geno Smith and it was duty. So. <laughs> I, I just don't know how I can credit him and say that he can't, that he won't bust this year from where his ADP is at and where his pre rankings are. All right. So, Khalil, who you got at your What are we laughing at? What are you, yeah, what are you, what are you laughing at, Nash? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> he said, I just can't promise you that he won't bust. <laughs> bust. Uh, pause. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's my turn. Oh, we're good. Receiver, oh, I got two. They both I'm have nervous. question marks. They both have question. You should be about the first one for sure. You agree with the second one? 
But I'm gonna say, so I'm gonna say the second one first. The second one I wrote down a question mark for Gabe Davis, uh, possibly being a bust. I'm I know the the upside's there. Like he looks the part. Uh, we talked about his connection with Josh Allen, high powered offense. Like he's gonna get work. Like he's gonna get some opportunity. But I just think about Isaiah McKenzie. I think about Crowder. I think about Dawson Knox, even James Cook, who they just drafted. Like, I think that can also change from week to week for Gabe Davis. So he won't always be that number two guy. You know, sometimes it'll be McKenzie. Sometimes it'll be uh, Knox. Sometimes it'll be James Cook, Singletary, Zach Moss, whoever. Uh, sometimes I might would, be more well, not Zach Moss. <laughs> they ain't gonna yeah. be Zach Moss. So then you cross the line. <laughs> so okay, sorry. But uh, or sometimes it might even just be more uh, you know run dependent and putting a lot more on James Cook, putting a lot more on uh, Josh Allen that way. So I think it just depends. So I don't know if he's be the clear cut number two for all the season. Uh, and then my my first person I wrote down is Michael Pittman. Junior. Oh no! no <laughs> I, I can't no. get with that one. I can't. I can't. I didn't get with it. I didn't. I didn't have him in my top twelve that we did. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm. So this goes to the expectations part about the bus conversation and not meeting those right. expectations. I agree with that. Yeah. But I think I think a little bit of it comes from that. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jonathan Taylor just not getting the same amount of work necessarily, but I can't imagine he won't – it will be – I can't imagine it being too far of a gap, you know? And then also, I'm also very high on Alec Pierce. I love and, Alec Pierce. Yeah, I'm, I'm high on him. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to have a Jamar Chase Jefferson rookie year, but I think he will take away from Michael Pittman Jr. a little bit that way. And I know they brought in some tight ends, Moali Cox. Uh, they drafted Jelani Woods as well. I think that that would just take away a little bit from Michael Pittman Jr. That's Carl Towns' girl, right? I think he's great. I just don't. Jordan Wood. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I knew July. I thought her big ass was out there. <laughs> I just Clue, don't I... know if it's top 12 or, or reaching the ADP. That's all. You've, war- you've warranted a gauntlet run through at this point. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, Michael Pittman or Debo? Debo. Okay. Michael Pittman or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. Michael Pittman or T. Higgins? D- DJ Moore? I had DJ Moore in that top 12, so I'd say DJ Moore for sure. Or to, I had him yeah. top 13. Top 13. Deont- Deontay Johnson? I have Deontay Johnson higher than Pittman. Jalen Waddle? I'll put Pittman over Waddle. All right, Mike Williams? For some reason, I'm not not I'm not, like I'm not a Mike Williams guy. I'm not big on Mike Williams either. Like, I, like I want to push away from that. I almost put him in bust, but I was like, oh, he's got Justin Herbert chucking in there. He was, thing in that he was killing shit, though. Mike Williams. Was yeah, I know. That's right. what I'm saying. So it's tough. I'm trying to make it, like, not personal. Like, I have nothing personal against Mike Williams. So, like, if he ever sees it, whatever. But, like, I don't – I don't. <laughs> but, like, I, don't, I just – I'm trying to, like, go football. Like, just think about football, you know, purely. Like, I, I guess I can't argue against that. Maybe Mike Williams. Yeah, I think I would go okay. Mike Williams. Cortland Sutton. <laughs> you put Corlin Sutton in your top 12. So. No, Sutton, Sutton's there too. Yep. Sutton's a. Right. Uh, Terry McLaurin. So I'd said DJ Moore at 13, but he's in the top 12. McLaurin was at 13. God, Brandon yep. Cooks. <laughs> okay, he's hiring Brandon Cooks. For yeah, sure. Amon Robinson. Hiring Robinson. Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> that's, that's tough. 
I'm not saying I'm not high on St. Brown. I love your pick. I think oh. it's tough. <laughs> it is. You don't think it's tough? What do you think? What you... I have him at wide receiver 12. So no. Yeah, he was, he was in my top 12. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It's not tough to me. I'm well, yeah, just saying it... there's a difference in bust, and you're taking him over guys that are like 12 players behind him in no, a pre-draft rate. But but I know. I'm, I know we were just talking about the expectations part and not me breaching expectations that yeah. you know you guys set out and where it's ADP ADP is as well. So like, yeah. I'm not it's saying it's gonna be bad. Like if it's like between like one to two, three guys, like three play three spot gaps, like you're not a bust at that point. But like when you're when you're like, <laughs> but, but like to when Khalil, you like when he you, is though, but to Khalil, yeah, he is a bust. So I, it makes I, sense. Yes. So if he if he if we had him at wide receiver twelve and he finishes a wide receiver fifteen, that's a bust to you. I think if we have him at 12 and he finishes at like 17, 18, it's a bust, yeah. Right, but Khalil has him at like 20. <laughs> Which is why he's a bust to him. So <laughs> yeah. it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's just it's crazy to me. It, Everybody's no, not, high on Michael Pittman. Everybody it, on the planet. I'm yeah, probably just like super, Damian Pierce. Super clown for, I'll probably get super clown for this, but I'm just high on Alec Pierce. Uh, I'm not going to super clown you. I'm just going like, to clown you. All right, appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, like, I like Pittman. I like them a lot coming out anyways, too, but I just uh, – I'm just gonna go against the grain here, and I it just how it feels in this situation, reading the situation, and not being on, as high as him being the number one at least for the entire season. Then too, like we've seen guys come on like late, like Brandon I going back to that situation. I was gonna talk about with the Patriots situation, like Damian Harris was a clear cut number one, and we saw that throughout the week slowly fizzle out. Stevenson get more play, more running back by committee as well. Saint Brown, and I think like, exactly. So I Elijah think it could Moore. be right. Right. So I think it could be a similar situation that way. Not saying that Alec Pierce is going to come out the gate like crazy, but throughout the season, uh, getting you know his feet under him, I think he can really blossom into that number one role. To kind of like circle back real quick to your first guy, Gabriel Davis. For me, I think it's a lot about expectation, like we were talking about. So like if you expect Gabriel Davis to be a top 20 guy, I think you're going to he's going to be a bust for you. But, like, if you're cool with taking him at, you know, 25, 26, I think you'll be happy. But, like, looking at the underdog ADP from the last week, which obviously takes into account the preseason games where Gabe Davis is getting touchdowns and shit, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 19, which is insanely high. Like, I would rather have Terry McLaurin. I'd rather have Marquise Brown. I'd rather have Jerry Judy. I'd rather have Deontay. I would probably rather have... Uh, I'd rather have Amon Ross St. Brown. I'd rather have Elijah Moore. So, like, to take him at 19, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, yeah. for like, that's his ceiling. Like, you're drafting him at his ceiling. He's not finishing any higher than 19, you know? So, like, I just think that you're – like, that's a tough pill to swallow if you're going to take him that high. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of our wide receiver bust. That leaves us with fucking – Tight end uh, to finish up. Position, bro. <laughs> tight end is tough. Yeah, tight tight end's a tough one. Uh, I was some... reaching, <laughs> yeah. reaching. Who 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 y'all got at your tight end breakouts? Oh, uh, Dalton Schultz. I think he'll get a high amount of volume of uh, targets. Uh, I think he did last year, anyways. Yeah, he was really uh, good last year. Yeah, he was really good last year. I think I think there's it's not a like beyond the realm of expectation that he could be a top four tight end season. Like I don't think it's beyond that he could finish higher than George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, so who I uh, am not too high on this year, actually. Uh, Zach Ertz, I, I think that he had something real forming with Kyler. I think he kind of found a place where he was wanted again, and I liked that for him. And then uh, the other guy is a real reach, real stretch. He's just an athletic freak in nature, and I hope that that this team would get him the ball. And I think David and Joku could have really carve out a role like on that. that team. 
So he's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. He's a freak. So so is Alberto, but uh Russ doesn't have like a great history with tight ends. So and he's getting like buried on the death chart. He was like playing with the second and third string. Yeah, I, I picked up preseason. the rookie tight end just because of that. Yeah. Tough. Uh for me, uh and this is a a, a, a pretty chalk one but Cole Komet I really like Cole Komet just because I feel like the Bears don't really have many receiving options outside of Darnell Mooney and like Cole Komet it's now free for him to break out with Jimmy Graham gone right so like he was inside the top 12 amongst tight ends and targets target share receiving yards and air yard share and that's all while having Jimmy Graham ahead of him so like take Jimmy Graham out and put him in that tight end one role and he should flourish you know like no tight end finish with more fantasy points under expectation than Cole Komet mm. like you expect at least a bit of positive regression and so right now he's going as the according to underdog he's going as the tight end 11 right and so like I would I wouldn't be surprised if he finished over Dawson Knox and Zach Ertz and so like to put him in that top 10 type top nine tight end range I think you get a bit tough when you get to like TJ Hawkinson because, you know, he's a big part of what the Lions want to do in the passing game. Dolan Schultz. I think he could I, – I don't like Dolan Schultz that much. Uh, and then, obviously, you have, like, the big five. So, I think Cole Komet could finish as, like, a top seven, top eight tight end. And if he's going as a tight end 11, I think you have a lot of room there to, to, to find value. You liked Cole a lot last year, right? I feel like I liked, we had that conversation. I liked Cole Komet last year, too. But stupid fucking Jimmy Graham got his, got his fucking retirement <laughs> ass in the way. And now yeah. Cole Komet is free to break out. So I'm doubling down. I was a I, year I, early. I like Cole Komet. Yeah, me too. It's fine. That if there's any sucks. season you expect him to break out, like it it's has it has to be this year. If it's not this year, then it's done for him. I know it's you can't, you're not going to triple down on it. Down. If it ain't this year, he's done. <laughs> it's tougher for tight it's tougher for tight ends, but like it has to be this year. Like who else do the Bears have? They have Darnell Mooney and who who they replace that man franchise? That man franchise is gonna be rough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have not a lot of guys to throw. They to. what? They got Byron Pringle from the Chiefs. My man, okay. Uh, they have Valus Jones, Equinemius yeah. St. Brown, Amon Ross' brother. That's him. They mm. got they got Nikhil Harry, Tajay Sharp, David Moore, Dante Pettis. Like come on, like Cole Komet is easily the number two receiving option on that team. Maybe. No way a Byron Pringle stops him. Come on. There's absolutely no way. You have to think we have a whole bunch of proof that Cole Komet is going to be the number two or that Byron yeah. Pringle won't be. We have no idea what that Bears team is going to look like besides bad. Nah, there's, just, I would, there's no shot that, that Byron Pringle jumps Cole Komet in, in targets. I refuse. Um, so yeah, he's my breakout tight end. I didn't, that's the only one I had. I did not, there's not many like tight end is tough. <laughs> like, it's hard. Like, like tight end is, is a rough position. Like Pat Fryermute, I like Pat Fryermute, but you got Mitch Trubisky there. You got like how, how, how like much, Mitch and they're, and they're receiving core is crazy. Deontay, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Najee's getting the ball out the backfield. There's only so many targets, Mitch Trubisky targets at that to go around. So like, I just don't know. Maybe Pat Frymuth gets a lot of work in the red zone, but nah. I just think there's a lot of guys above him in their pecking order. So Deontay was super targeted in the red zone last year and it was pretty effective. So I don't see why they wouldn't go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they almost make the playoffs. Isn't Deontay <laughs> like, like a 98th percentile separation receiver? Like he's insane on his route. He's insanely good. <laughs> I think Pat, Pat Fryermuth like scored a lot. I can't. I mean, I got. I can just look it up necessarily, but I think he had a lot of like touchdowns 
uh, under Ben Roethlisberger. Which, who's, I like the way you said touchdowns. You right got there. a lot of <laughs> a lot of touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. <laughs> who, you know, who likes to target tight ends? I don't know what that looks like under uh, Mitch Trubisky though, but or even Kenny Pickett. No, uh, Fraff, I'm, I'm looking at it now inside the red zone. Tutties. Inside the red zone, Pat Fryermuth had terrible. 13 targets, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. He was tenth in targets amongst all players. Okay, okay, all that's right. nice. in the red zone. Yeah. I like that. Four, five, six. So like seven or eight touchdown uh, receptions on a season, which is not bad it, at all for a rookie. It's weird that. Deontay had eight touchdowns last year, and his projections have him around three. And I just – I don't understand that sometimes. I get the quarterback change, but Deontay – Pickens. Deontay going to be open, brother. He's open all the time almost. George, George Pickens. I actually Pickens, lied. I was, I was looking at receptions. So, like, in targets, Deontay Johnson had 21 and Pat Fryer-Muth had 20, and they were eighth and ninth. Sheesh. Like, that's, that's crazy. When they got so into why, the red zone – so why is Deontay at, only projected three touchdowns? If he's going to get targeted even fifteen times, we got to assume he'll catch it. Trubisky is dog shit. <laughs> I, I think it goes I like back Trubisky. to what I think it goes back to what you talked about when uh, we were talking about Deontay Johnson at some point, like how much Ben Roethlisberger targeted Deontay oh, he Johnson. Deontay he Johnson. also targeted Pat Fryermuth a lot as well, and I just don't know how that translates with uh, Mitch Trubisky and just not seeing it yet, even even then, and then also George Pickens. But with Deontay, it just makes more sense to me because like Deontay's an insane separation receiver, either downfield they just, or they even – They just paid him, too. They just gave him an extension. So. 5, 10, 15, 20 yards, he's creating separation. He's one of the best route runners in football. And it's just weird to me that people are – even me, I didn't put him in my top 12, and, and I went for him heavy in our dynasty league because I think that he's that good. But you yeah, said you take Amon Ross St. Brown over Deontay Johnson. I know. I, well, Monroe St. Brown was just stupid in the year, bro. And I, I can't, I can't face the fact that he won't at least add to that a little bit or come close to equaling that, which puts him in easily a top twenty receiver. So, yeah, that. you know, uh, did anyone else have any breakouts? Yeah, I'll just go through them a little bit. Uh, I obviously listed Kyle Pitts. I just think he is going to be more consistent this year and and really tight end one, two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with like top three, top four. I don't know about tight end one. I, he was I can't tight end three last year, though, right? Was he? I can't put him over Kelsey, though. I just can't do that. No, he was all. tight end six last year. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see top four, top three finish. Uh, but I just think he's really going to show, you know, the generational talent he is. We, oh, yeah. You know, we've we've seen the highlights. Um, I know he's he hasn't had Matt Ryan anymore, but I think Marcus Mariota is serviceable, and I think he'll be fine. Um, I also have. Pat Fryermuth on my list. I think he was really good last season. We talked about the touchdowns he had, and he had a really good rookie season. I think that's sometimes hard to do for tight ends. It's just a really hard position, and you know, learning the running scheme, having to block well, and also trying to be, you know, a part in the, the passing game. It's a really tough transition. I have Brevin Jordan for the Houston Texans, who I think will play some tight end role and also and also some slot role for that team. Uh, I love the uh, the passing game that Houston Texans have. I can't remember his name. It's not like Tim Ke- – it's something Kelly or something. But they have a great passing game uh, coordinator. Offense. Stop. <laughs> Stop. But they have a great offense. They have a, a great, great <laughs> offensive coordinator over there, and I, I think Brevin Jordan's dynamic enough to, you know, create some huge mis- mismatches. Uh, I have Cole Komet. 
who I am high on. If this is a year for a breakout, this is a year for Cole Komet. Austin Hooper for the Titans, who I think is a missing piece that the Titans needed at tight end. And I think we can, he can be utilized uh, coming from Cleveland, who doesn't utilize tight ends that way uh, as much as you want them to. Didn't have a great year there uh, or great seasons there. And then CJ Uzuma, Uzuma from for the Jets. Yeah, Uzama, thank you so much. I can never get his name. Uh, but him for the Jets, I think he's the tight end number one in that offense. And I think that offense comes from a, a place that can that loves to use tight ends as well. And I think he's probably the more dy- most dynamic one there out of that group. I've been waiting on on Austin Hooper to break out for years. Like, I feel like I've taken him like every fantasy draft for like four years, like, just because he's like a pretty good athlete and it just never happens. Well, and then when it, and then when it comes to uh, CJ Uzivert, I just don't know anything. <laughs> About what he's PJ doing. So. Uzi Vert. He, was a, he was a tight end for the Bengals last season. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, and, just, and then he I got hurt. He got hurt like right before yeah, the, the playoffs. Yeah. The Super Bowl, right before the, yeah, the Super Bowl. I, I watched his, uh, I think he was on Busting with the Boys or one of the podcasts that are similar to Busting with the Boys. So. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know what we're talking about. I just, it was fun to call him CJ Uzi Vert. Uh, and <laughs> 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 uh, but Hooper is interesting. I, I don't put a lot of stock into being tight end one for teams because it usually just doesn't amount to a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. of tight end ones in the NFL are just not going to be even worth having. The streaming tight ends is usually just a norm for fantasy. I um, always stream tight end. Yeah, I usually stream tight end. I usually stream defense like the whole season. So uh, usually last year I picked whoever was playing. Um, I can't remember. I think it was whoever was playing the Lions or the – no, the Giants. Any team that was playing the Giants, I was like, I'm going to pick them. To be my defense this week. <laughs> nice. You always find those like once you get to the late end, you know who's batting as tight ends. So you just stream. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any busts? Yeah, I had uh TJ Hawkinson. Mm. Why? Wow, you just think there's I, just too much. Yeah, I think the Deontay offense just Swift. improved yeah. and St. Brown and and DJ Chark, who we talked about last on the wide receiver pod, and Jameis Williams when he's healthy. I just don't see that. And Hawkinson kind of let people down last year in fantasy. I felt like he wasn't what people thought he was going to be. But I think he was a big. Everyone was expecting like a top three, top four. Yeah, yeah. Not not that he's not talented. I just think that's just not what they're going to do. And my other guy is George Kittle, and I think a lot of that comes from red zone changing a little bit with what Trey Lance will bring to that offense. Uh, with what Elijah Mitchell is, uh, another year of Ayuk being out of the doghouse permanently. The weapon Debo has been inside the red zone. I mean, just getting carries even. Like, it's just things like that that I think hurt Kittle. And obviously, he's always got the injury thing that's going for him. And missing games. And I, I, I'm I'm fading Kittle. Uh, if I'm not getting uh, Kelsey Pitts or Andrews, I'm just streaming tight ends. Yeah, I'm, if I'm, I'm not getting the that. top three, it's not worth it for me. Yeah, which I'm hoping at the turn I get Kelsey in my in my pick. With my draft, I'm taking him in the second round if he's there. Boom! Look at you giving us strategy. Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it. This was going to be. I texted them. This is oh, you know, three guys in each position. No big deal. This is gonna be 40, 45 minutes. This is like two and a half hours. So, <laughs> talk some real football so, out here. Though, yeah, we did. did. This yeah. is this was like, but we went over more than breakouts and bus. Like, this is a great podcast to listen to before your draft. You know, like this is the ultimate fantasy football draft guide. You feel me? The run it up podcast draft guide. Um, and so yeah, we finna head up, up out of here. I hope y'all enjoyed. Make sure you follow the pod everywhere that you listen to it. Subscribe everywhere you listen to it. Leave a rating and review everywhere. Make sure you follow the pod on Twitter at Run It Up Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. Where can they find y'all? Find me on Twitter at Justice Read Two and Instagram Justice Read Two as well. 
I mean, on Twitter and Letterbox at Below 44. Oh, shit, Letterboxd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go check out the Letterbox. Um, And yeah, we finna get up out of here. I hope you have a little day, a little night. A little night. Mm. A little life. Yes. And just like we do on every episode of this podcast, make sure y'all go. What we what we do? Run it up. Run it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Run It Up podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up podcast.